welcome to Serpent Temple. This is a new podcast format. Um, we're going to be a promo company, but for now we're doing podcasts. We're going to be using cards to delve deep into the minds of musicians and people in the industry. So I have here with me my co-host Floyd, um, and here is Cam. Hello. Cam, tell us who you are and what you do. Right, my name is Cam, Cam Clark or Cam Shark. I'm from Cam Shark. Yeah, that's 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 my name. <laughs> um, and I I'm just like an all-round music person. Most people know me for um, my band Sufferer um, and just being at metal gigs all the time. But I also work at a studio in North London, Satellite Studios, and I produce there as well under the name Camshaft Productions. So hit me up if you need anything next. <laughs> Some sick from it though. We rehearse, um, my band Lowen rehearse at Satellite, I can confirm they're one of the best studios we've used, so please support them if you can. Thank you. Um, that's alright, man. And there's a really cool fundraiser right now, you can get a sick tape and so you can get a rehearsal room named after you, which I really like the idea of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, give these a shuffle, man. Like, cool. I'm start the worst them with your spirit. Like, even just playing Uno, I just like. Oh, hard shuffle the cards. <laughs> See, fun, funny thing about Uno is, I didn't realise that was like. Uh, like a bastardized version of that blackjack everyone used to play at school. You know the one where like king reverses and then two is skip a go. Obviously it's not real uh, blackjack, yeah, it's not yeah, 21, yeah. but that was that weird it's blackjack everyone similar. used to play at yeah. school. Yeah. I never played that. Did you not? It was like... Did you ever go to school in North London? Oh, South East. South East. I mean, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I wouldn't have played it much, but I, 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 know, I know what you mean. Definitely once or twice. Is this enough shuffling? Why not? Yeah. yeah you, I'm ready, if I'm you ready. feel it, then you feel it. Okay, so this is the inquirer card. This is the Santa card. You are the inquirer. You are inquiring. So the first card goes on this. It's like a little bit wonky. They put it on top like that. Yeah. Inquirer is actually one of my favourite words. Really? Yeah. How come? Inquisition. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what it means to me anyway. We'll get to that later. The, the I word. <laughs> Number two. Number three. Number four is, where is it? I just put this on four. top. No, no, you just do it like this. It's going to be a diamond. So number oh. four comes up here. And then five is down here. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. I need to collect. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fourteen. Fifteen, right at the bottom there. So you've got the diamond. Great. So this is like the center. These are the things closest to you. These things, if I remember correctly, are going to be like, hang on, I'm still new to this. The cards in 10 to 13 are those which are coming to affect you soon. So this is kind of like your future. The card in 14 is your outer projection. 15 is your underlying factor or influences. So this is all going to be like sort of your psyche and your future okay. and your past. Cool. So you want to turn over number one and see what you get. Death. Death. <laughs> Fuck you! <yeah. laughs> it's inverted though. Oh, oh, you're not supposed to. No, okay, no. it's inverted. But if, the, if they all come out upside down, because it might mean you shuffled upside down, then you pretend it isn't inverted. So uh, okay. you see, because like sometimes when people shuffle the deck, they shuffle it and they don't realize the whole deck's upside down, so all the cards are inverted. And if that happens, then you re-invert them. Okay. Because then you're like, oh, it's not actually inverted; it's just upside down. That's different. To being a bird, according to the spirits. <laughs> yeah, so death is number 16. I'm gonna go into the, uh, the numberinos. The doorway leads into a mysterious burial chamber, a skull-shaped hill, 
Flowers leave the path to the portal, but the mood of the card is somber. Death is the natural end of life, and the card symbolizes finality. The tomb brings reminders of resting places of the great heroes of mythology and carries with it an implication of the possibility of rebirth. Pretty interesting. Could that be anything to do with your new band, Ancient Hatred? Not really, that's actually not what I thought of at what all. What did you think of? Well, this is, I mean, this is like a, I, I think about death all the time. Not, not because I, it doesn't like haunt me or anything, I just find it super interesting. Um, like I mentioned earlier, and as many of you know, like I, I've had a very like near-death experience where I, I was convinced I actually died, and I had this crazy, crazy experience. It's just like I, I've never done psychedelics, but the way people talk about it and like the DMT sort of realm, it's like I swear I went there. <laughs> like I, and on the rebirth thing also, I, I actually feel like I'm in a second life now. Like, oh. I, I was explaining to a friend the other day, if all, all the people I knew before I died, uh, they, they're, they're somewhere else. But although people look like them today, it's like I was meeting them for the first time. Oh. And it was hard, I think, for people to understand that. And also myself, I, have you heard of Cotard Syndrome? No, It's actually what Dead from Mayhem had. Um, I, I don't really like, I wasn't diagnosed with it or anything. But I, I was convinced I wasn't. I was dead for a few ah, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, I was like, mm, nah. Like I, 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 I passed through that gate. Yeah. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. Um, and I kept thinking, having that, like having that thought, like I'm not supposed to be here. Ah. Um, I've gotten used to it. Like life just feels normal now. But that's as yeah. That's, that's how really I relate to it. Interesting first cards. Yeah. I knew it was gonna be a fucking first card. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dissociated from life, I am. Mm. Like, although although I love life, I don't really like have any connection to actually being alive. Like, I'm totally cool to just fucking die. And it's not. It, it sounds. It sounds bad. It sounds like suicidal. But I'm not depressed. I'm actually really happy. Mm. But I'm totally cool to die because I feel like I've already done it, and like I'm already dead. It's it's weird to explain to people, but. Well, I say that, but a lot of people are at their most peaceful when they come to the the acceptance of that death is a kind of a, an eventuality and a, a finality in life. So I mean, it used, it used to haunt me when I was younger. I had this dream when I was seven. I had like crazy vivid dreams, like they actually like fuck up my life. And uh, I had this dream that I was in my mom's womb. I didn't even know about uh, like stillbirths or anything back then. I was sort of yeah. seven, but I could hear all my family, and my friends outside, and I was like. I'm gonna be born, this is yeah. sick. And then I died before I could get out. Oh, and then I remember just not for nights, for like three, four years after that, I was just like, oh my God, what if I don't wake up? Like, it used to really fuck with my head. I used to get like crazy panic about it. Um, and then I just went through this really weird period in my life where I would just, it was during secondary school where I didn't go into school. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I wasn't, I wasn't like using drugs or anything, but, and I always feel like people are gonna be like, nah, this, this is bollocks. But like, I had a full on like sober ego death just yeah. through like meditation in my room. I was just meditating all the time. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like when people describe, like Buddhist monks describe what it's like for people who are on like 
psychedelics and stuff. And then since then, I've kind of I've just been like, why do I care so much about life? It's fine. Like, it when I die, I'm just going to be uh, the same thing just everywhere. Yeah. And even if I don't know it, even if I'm not conscious, like, from the beginning of time to the end of time, my atoms have been there. And then they formed me and I could think about myself. I could see the rest of my body, which is the universe. And then it just crumbles back and then yeah. carries on. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> like, so I guess I've had, I, I do think a lot about death. I write a lot about death. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very important thing to me. And I, 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 I'm not surprised it's the first card. <laughs> It's pretty interesting that there's like the cave as well, like the mouth. So I was reading your lyrics as well, and you have like like the song with like the saber toothed tiger fucking up this guy. He's like protecting his family in yeah. the cave. These like skulls. I love that song. It's a really the lyrics are fucking sick. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's like it's cool. So yeah, death is interesting, and you do sound a lot like a Buddhist monk. It's like a very Eastern um, style of thinking of being chill with death and like it freeing you. Yeah, I have a weird relationship with Buddhism because. Like, to me, before I knew about Buddhism, I knew about Buddhism before Satanism, but whatever the pentagram and all of that shit, like, did to me was exactly what I find in Buddhism. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't really like, sort of, Levain Satanism, or to be honest with you, I don't really know any other Satanists. It's very that, egotistical, Levain Satanism, about the ego. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's, it's weird, because it's the opposite it's for so many people, but yeah. for me, it's the same belief system okay. well not as belief but attitude yeah absolutely yeah to me it's the, it's the same attitude uh, the inquisition really of like you, you you have to try and dissolve you have to try and dissolve your mind and your thoughts and your body to see anything beyond your mind and your body and it's, it's probably hard to explain like i'm still I've been getting into uh, like Sadhguru a lot lately. I don't know if you listen to his stuff. Mm, no. Um, but he he has this saying where he's like, basically, existence is suffering, and like if you. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that. I don't necessarily completely agree. I think it's an element of, it's another thing. I don't believe there's like one true way of being. Like, yeah. I, I don't believe in the ultimate truth. There's, if it works for you, it's all about, I think it's all about experience. That's why, although for example, let's say tarot cards or any other spiritual or religion or whatever, like as long as it feels real to you, that it is real, Yeah. you know? And I, I actually had a, I've written an EP and it's going to come out soon. Um, I don't, I'm not supposed to talk about it. This is a project, this is a secret project and most people sh shouldn't know it's me. So I won't say the name or anything, but like it's, it's going to be called A Vehicle for Satan, but it has a Buddhist monk on the front, just like, nice. like burning himself. Um, and it's all about destroying your body to 
destroying your mind and your body and just getting as close to death as you possibly can to like see the light and then go. Have you heard of those <laughs> monks that like would starve themselves and then preserve, like mummify themselves alive? That's 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 in the EP as well. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Isn't yeah, it? and to me that just screams sadism to me. I don't know why. I know so many people that wouldn't. It's crazy how human still a lot of them look. Like I saw one which would have been dead for like a hundred years and it just looked like perfectly preserved. And it was just oh my God. It was really odd. They eat like a special diet, I think of like honey and nuts. Uh -huh. And it like preserves their body, right? Because oh it like has this like interaction with the with the meat of the body and it like the sugar I think like crystallizes. That's I don't know. So cool. Don't quote me on this, but I remember reading something like that and it like it doesn't always work. But then, like, yeah, they, they slowly, like, start eating less food and they eat very particular things and they're just, like, preserved. Is Winnie the Pooh a Buddhist? Hey, <laughs> maybe. All that honey. <laughs> just boxes and boxes of honey, yeah. shredded wheat. Just, uh... That's why he was also chilled out, like. <laughs> Are we going to adopt the uh, Buddhist honey diet and then we'll all be happy again? <laughs> all right, number two is this card here. The sun. Oh, and they're, they're both inverted, like opposites of each other. Okay. So death and the sun, 20. Let's see what number 20 says. Oh, it's interesting. This is one of the seven symbols, and they portray the powerful symbols that have governed men's hearts and minds for centuries, and stand for the sun stands high over the harvest field with wheat sheaves, ripe corn, and corn flowers. Children skip around a maypole in a celebration of fertility of the land. The sun stands for power, energy, and creative forces behind the universe. A male sign, it symbolizes confidence and success and a benign influence on all around it. It represents the conscious power of the intellect. Pretty interesting. Yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's funny actually that the sun's coming up because I have a direct like correlation with the sun and death. Like, no way. Yeah, like, I mean, like, when I say I think about death a lot, like, I really do. <laughs> so, I have a tattoo of the sun here Damn. on my shoulder. That's a oh, really nice. nice tattoo. And I got this because that's where I went when I died. <laughs> so, no way. Okay, yeah. maybe the spirits are in the cards. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I, uh, I, I, when I was, like, going, I remember lying down and it, it is partially, mostly because, not mostly, but. It's a factor that uh, I had to keep my eyes open because my friends wouldn't let me shut my eyes because otherwise I was just going to go. So I was just staring into the sun the entire time. Yeah. So my eyes were just fucking killing me. But it eventually it stopped being painful, became really beautiful. And it just like, it, it's, what was it in there? You said about the intellect of the... It represents, I think, the power of the intellect. The conscious power of the intellect. So the fact that you had the will to open your eyes and look into the sun, and in in mm. some in Eastern um, symbolism, the they revere like eagles and stuff because they're able to fly so high they can look into the sun. It doesn't make them close their eyes, and it shows wisdom to be able to oh. look into something so powerful and not shut your eyes. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but that yeah, that's a cool way to take it. I guess also just like a really personal thing, I have a towel that my mom bought here like 20 years ago um, and I've had it ever since I was a kid and it's got all these medieval looking songs on it Yeah. and I remember she used to just wrap me in that after baths and, oh, and sing to me sweet. you are my sunshine <laughs> sweet. Yeah. and then she she got to the scene um, 
before the ambulance came and everything. And she was the only one that realized I was staring into the sun, so she covered my eyes from it. And so, it, I don't know. I don't really have like a real deep philosophical like idea about it, but it just, it's such a life-death thing for me. It's such a really loving force. It's a, yeah, it's a hella loving force. Yeah. yeah. Force, sorry. Well, mm. both. It's a source and a force. Mm. Yeah, it's a masculine thing as well, apparently. Does that, like, speak to you in any way? No. Fair I think I, I think I have a masculine identity. Like, I identify with being, like, a man. And, but it doesn't... It's never, it's never felt like that to me. Yeah. It's beyond that. It's not got anything to do with gender or, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So it's like a cosmic thing for you. Yeah. It's like a personal cosmic thing. Yeah, very much so. Mm. Yeah. Well, third card is this one here. Let's see how they, they match up. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Death and the Tower lining up with each other. Okay. Alright, so the Tower's number 25. I think that's going to be one of the seven symbols as well. The castle stands on a hillside without a moat or visible door. Proud, stern, and unyielding. The symbol represents achievement gained in the face of adversity and reflects sometimes the arrogant conscious mind repressing the unconscious mind beneath it. It can often presage the pride that goes before a fall. It can also stand for male sexuality. Still a bit of the old male mm. stuff coming in. But yeah, it's an interesting card. I don't relate to this one as much. Yeah? You know, I, I think I was trying to find myself in it and I found a few things. So where it said, um, what does it say? Pride. It comes before a fall. You can look at the paragraph if you want. Please. Of course. The tower is one of the, one of the more difficult cards. I think it's also in the tower, and it's generally one of the more mysterious ones. Part of why I've gone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I quite struggled with the tower as well. I think Miles did when he pulled it. Mm. I think it's just. Um, I think it's actually well for me anyway. I think because I always associate towers with kind of guarding or protecting something. And mm. kind of like there's a lot of things I think we all protect and guard within ourselves, and that's how I kind of interpret it anyway. That's where I was gonna come on to and say here where it says the um <clears throat> where is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I could not read that that writing is so small. <laughs> uh, the arrogant conscious mind repressing the unconscious mind beneath it. I think like a lot of that how I would relate to that is that in my in my like waking days like I'm, I feel fine but people who sleep with me say I like roll around and scream and shit. <laughs> it's no like, way. yeah, and like, ah. yeah, and maybe I'm just really good at like, not giving a fuck when I'm awake. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess like, I'm, that's the only thing I can really think of there. And male sexuality, I like sex. Yeah. I think that's fair I to know. say. There you go, the car spoken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sound bite, but it's done. Mm. And the most, the, the thing that gets most people is a tower bell door. 
So it's like the relationship between the, the what's inside you and what's outside and what you project outside and what you keep locked up. I, don't think, I honestly don't think I keep anything locked up. That's good. That's healthy. I Maybe that's like, what it's saying. I feel like I'm like incredibly open. Mm. And as soon as I realise something about myself that's not that I haven't noticed or realised, like it's not like I feel like I need to tell someone, but there's always a good time to talk about it with someone. Good. You know, because it normally affects like a relationship or something. Like the other day I realised I was completely taking a friend for granted and oh. And I can't just like think that in myself and go, oh, I'm going to cover it up. Like I have to tell them. Mm. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Well, you know, at this point that card is inverted. So maybe it shows that you aren't locking yourself away. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yes, it's a good card. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got to um, tell the story. When you were talking about thrashing about in your sleep, because I'm exactly the same. Oh, like, I'm just an absolute maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and one time, um, I'll tell the story quickly. Um, you ever been to Chessington before? Chessington World of Adventures. Oh, I know it, but I've not been there. Well, there's a ride there. That it's a it's a laser quest. I can't remember if I've told this story before. I think you might have, but go for it. Oh, but yeah, it's um, it was um, there's a ride there that's basically like a laser quest ride, and you go through this like it's kind of like an Egyptian kind of um, landscape, and you got to aim it at the targets. And I had a dream. I was playing this, and it was so vivid. But when I woke up, and I was probably going for it in the dream with the gun. And when I woke up. <laughs> I had my hand on my partner's head and I was shaking her head like a gun. Oh my she God. was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry, I thought I was playing two last uh, in Chessington. <laughs> my favourite story that you tell me about this is it probably once you woke up and oh. turned around to your girlfriend and you were like, where's my sleeping certificate? <laughs> Mate 
and was in a spaceship outside my window and I could feel them trying to suck my body up into the space like it's like a sleep paralysis thing because your like whole body locks and you can't scream so I'm like trying and I can feel his weight on my chest and he's looking at me with like this intense hatred and like I, can, I know they want to like cut me open and fuck me up and I can feel like my blood like trying to like Ooh. go up through my skin into the sky and my whole body feels like it's being lifted up and I've had ones where I feel like I've been thrown across the room and stuff and I was just just probably some scientific Explanation, right? Well, hope so. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I used to be like a real like aliens bullshit, you know, because yeah. I love science. I absolutely love science, Same. but yeah. like lately, I, I, because I always had to challenge my opinions, even if like I'm really sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started researching, um, just like aliens and stuff, and I think there are a lot of people out there just talking shit. Yeah. But like. I take I take your word for it that you felt those things. That it's it, the fact that you felt them is the important part, not whether. To me, it doesn't yeah. matter that they're whether they actually exist without. Yeah. Outside of your perception, but yeah, all we have is our perception, and if they exist to multiple people, like they're they're a real part of the human mind, and yeah. it's super cool. And there's there's all these crazy like official documented. Like real shit, like uh, UFOs. Well, there's some stuff. declassified UFO yeah. sightings yeah. and stuff. That and there's there's Navy pilots that said they've seen alien stuff. There's aliens all throughout ancient history in like Egypt. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Like when you mentioned pyramids, like I've been, I've been deep diving into this stuff like a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, yeah, I'm really starting to find interest because I know other people who believe they've been abducted. Say talk about like their blood type. They have some proper red blood type. Do I don't have that? a red blood type. I got a basic bitch blood type. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know what blood type I am. But and and they're convinced they've been abducted. And they were telling me so sincerely, like to the point where I'm like, oh, I kind of believe you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the thing that people that have are utterly convinced, aren't they? Yeah. Like, they're absolutely sure of what they've experienced. So it's like it's hard to discredit them because they're so fervent in their belief that that's what's happened to them. You know about Bob Lazar? No, I don't know about Bob Lazar, no. You've, you've got to search. So he was, uh, he worked at Area 51 before. He was the guy that told everyone and made the whole Area 51's an alien like, research facility. And um, the only reason he's not dead is because he went public so they wouldn't kill him. Oh, shit. Uh, and, yeah. um, and he's he's just hella interested in that. I can't, I don't want to get into it now because we'd be here forever. We'd never turn the fourth <laughs> card. But yeah, it's really interesting. I'm gonna check that out. You should definitely I, check I think, that out. I don't know. I, I don't believe that like I was nearly abducted because I think aliens would be way better at abducting than like than whatever that was in my dream. I do have like super vivid dreams about aliens, but I think I just like aliens. And I think I do think that there is alien life, but I think it's gonna be more like octopuses and shit, right. as opposed to stuff flying around. But maybe there is. I hope. I want there to be. I want to believe. You know, like, it would be really sick if there were aliens, I'd be like, take me with you. Yeah. Like, I don't, you can cut me up as long as I can hang out. I'm pretty, I'm, at the moment, I'm pretty inclined to believe there are, like. Yeah. 
I'm never gonna be so special that you wanna hang out with us though. I mean, this is the thing though, right? I feel like a lot of people say this, especially when they look up to the stars and stuff and they're like, we're so small. No, we're fucking sick. Like, <laughs> there's so much cool shit that we do. Yeah. And like, when you think about like the, the universe being like 14 billion years old or however long it is, yeah. and the Earth is like 7 billion years old, that's actually not that far in. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we could, we, we could be one of the first intelligent life forces. Like, there's, not, there's nothing saying that we, that we couldn't be. People always just, people always downplay humanity when they look at the, the, the grandeur of the universe. But like, we we could be we could be one of the first. Yeah. Mm. Well, they say that there's like three phases we could be in. Well, either the early phase, where we're the first advanced species. There's like the distance theory, where we're just so far away from any other intelligent life. Like we can't, never, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. And then the, the other one is either we are the last intelligent race, and that there's ah. been. The, Mm. Millions of other, or an infinite amount of number of intelligent races that predate us. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, could be. But, but I just want to know where the greys come from. Like, where does that imagery come from? Because, like you said, it's kind of laden throughout history, and so it's interesting to be able to try and pinpoint where that. I think actually... Bob Lazar was the first one to really. I think he really. No, actually. Ignore me. He never saw any aliens. He worked on the ships. He said they, they were trying ah. to. Like reverse engineer the, the the spacecraft and the distance thing. He says this is why distance doesn't matter because they use they bend space time rather than use propulsion. Yeah. So they just close the gap between you and them. Like in you. So. Oh, I haven't watched it or read it. So. Oh damn. I, I'll have to do that. Yeah. They're doing the remake, aren't they? So. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dave Batista's remake. Yeah. Yeah, Batista's in it. I think. <laughs> I have feelings about the film. Yeah, um, but it's, a, it's an amazing book, and I think you'd like it because uh, Herbert just basically combines all of the religions and a ton of history, and it's like beautiful. Sounds sick, but I can't read. Can you? Not? So, no, no, I can. Oh, okay. Practically, no, I can't read. Like, I'm, I'm way too just, I'll read a sentence and just. Oh, okay, I'm like right, thinking okay. about shit, I end up drawing, and then I write an album about that one sentence. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay, next sentence, I never finish a book. I've not, yeah. I've not, I don't think I've finished a book in like 10 years, seriously. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I love, I love buying books, but I don't do I anything. kind of do that right now, when I've been getting worse at reading. I think the world is too modern now, like my phone's just uh, like pressing the, the button too much mm. on me. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm diagnosed with ADHD, so it doesn't help that like I'm constantly looking for uh, dopamine, and mm. you know, sometimes that next sentence is not it's giving not, me it's that. Not the one. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Okay. So this is number four. Want to turn that over? The wheel. I've not seen this one. Neither have I. The wheel. The tower and the wheel. They're getting some really esoteric stuff now. So the wheel is another of the seven symbols. A water wheel turns in the stream, driving the unseen mill above it, with a strong brick wall shown, whilst golden fish swim among the reeds. This card represents the principle of things endlessly changing, yet forever staying the same. It stands for constancy and persistence. Hmm. I, I'm so, like, for me, I would want that. I, I feel like that would be inverted. Mm. Like, I, I, would, I would assume I would get that card inverted because... I don't really have consistency. I don't. 
mean, I do. I live, I've lived in the same house my whole life. Well, not really, but one of them's been there my whole life, and like, I do the same things every day. I have the same friends, but I don't. I don't believe in consistency. I don't. Are you a persistent person? Persistent or persistent. When you have a goal, do you like run towards it? Yeah, but I don't take credit for my goals. Like I don't, I don't decide on a goal. Mm -hmm. I just end up doing something. And maybe this is, comes back to like what I've been diagnosed with like ADHD. I don't really feel like I feel like I'm along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just another dissociation thing. But I, I don't know. You've got the wheel and death facing each other, so the wheel could just be life as opposed to you. How you conduct your life? Mm. Yeah, I guess just like waking up. And... Yeah, maybe. But if you're writing, do you feel the same? Do you still have like ADHD when you're writing an album, or do you like? No, it's like uh -huh. the complete opposite. Okay. It's it's the most unconscious thing I do. Mm -hmm. It's really not like I'm not looking for anything. I'm not. I'm a pretty unconscious person, if I'm honest. Like. Yeah, when it comes to writing, very rarely do I choose to write, or do I choose what I want to write about, or how it's going to sound. Mm -hmm. It just kind of... Kind of like a stream of consciousness type thing. Yeah, truly. Yeah. I don't really feel like I'm in control of my consciousness either, it's just like, what it is. Yeah. It's funny, because I think that kind of comes across in the, uh, in the album a bit. I think one of the things I liked about the Black Metal Warhead album was just kind of how diverse it is. And like even like vocally, musically, and like it's jumping about all over the place. Yeah, but it's it is, like yeah. in a good way. Like yeah. I like that in music. But it's got like the backbone that kind of keeps it all together and all in a similar thread. Yeah, I think I think the backbone is the fact that like me and Kyo like that kind of sound, and that's how we feel when we get together. But we also didn't decide that we want that now to sound like this. We didn't ever like have an idea of what we wanted it to sound like. We just made it. And went, oh shit, we got like nine songs, let's fucking record them. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny because one of the things I've picked up when I was listening to it is there's, there's quite a few uh, trad influences in it. And I like the fact that you didn't kind of, because I didn't feel too much like people were, a lot of modern bands are so quick to get rid of the, the trad aspect of metal and the roots of it. That's kind of what I dug about the album as well. You've still got some of those classic metal components. Thanks, yeah, I think so too. And I think like the good thing about the wheel is maybe the wheel's kind of representative of the fact that you've got like, you know, the foundations of the music that kind of inspires you and how it kind of keeps the spokes keep turning and sorts. Of... Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Alright, number five, this one. This one? Yeah, that's one. That's one? Oh, what's that? The message. I like the look of this. Yeah, it's a cool looking card. I thought you called. It's a difficult one. Last time we called this, some people were a bit stumped. <laughs> Alright. 34. Is this delicious? Um, <laughs> lying on the deck, drawn up from the ocean depths, among the fishermen's catch lies a bottle containing a message. This card symbolises the promise of a message, whether it comes by letter, telephone, from a friend, or there, again, it may come from our own inner depths. The card warns us to be prepared and receptive to the message with its tidings of important news. So, is this... this isn't... 
talking about my future specifically, is it? Or like, like it's something to come? It's kind of your future. This is what's in, like projecting you towards it. And this is, this is like the underlying stuff and this is kind of like where you're going. Okay, so is this, yeah. is this, is this card a kind of prediction that a, a message was, will, will come to me? Or is it about how I receive messages? It could be all of those things, that's the thing. It's really open. So it's like, this is your center and this is your, your in, innards and your past, almost. So it could be like what you're trying to put out. Is it if there's like a message you want to give people? I definitely don't have a message I want to give people. Okay. I definitely don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I have anything to say that will. Like I'll only talk if I'm being asked. To, you know, <laughs> like although I am loud and I like to talk about my opinions and stuff, I you know not unwarranted, but. I think the way I can, I'm relating to that now is how I was talking about I'm not a very conscious person mm. and I kind of feel like an antenna for like the universe, I don't know what to call it. You're the yeah. receiver. Yeah, like I don't really feel like a, this is, this is going to make me either sound like I think I'm a fucking prophet or some shit, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not it, but like I, yeah. I, uh, I just feel like I have an antenna and things come in and then come out and if they don't come out then that's not what they were supposed to do i feel like all i do is receive messages to be honest isn't that what musicians are like a good one right i think so i mean i know lots of other artists say similar things that it comes to them Mm. rather than they come up with it yeah and i feel like most of my life comes to me and maybe that's because like again i'm not thinking or a dissociative thing but I don't know. I never really know what I'm doing until after I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there's like a really ancient idea of um, of art history, like the ancient Greeks had it, where they called it genius, but this is before like genius meant someone really intelligent. And they believed that like the gods would breathe ideas into you and that's that's how you'd make art. So if you read like like any ancient poem, like the Iliad for example, at the beginning poem is like, Thanks so much gods this is, it's because of the gods. I didn't do this, they did it for me. That is exactly how I felt. And I wanted to use the word genius, but because I know the, <laughs> the modern part, I didn't want to be like, I'm a prophet, I'm a genius. <laughs> like, like, cause cause that is not how I want to come across. But like, <laughs> yeah. if we're talking, now you've thankfully no, said the definition. Say, yeah. That is exactly how I feel. Like, I, I, don't, I don't take credit for, I don't feel, I actually don't feel proud of anything as mm. well. Um, The, I definitely connect with the term like genius when it comes to, to fucking it's out. so hard to it's say just, I hate <laughs> it's like, you can say spirit because it's kind of like spirit right because it meant it, it's like breath you get like, this in, in Christianity and like Semitic religions where they believe that like the prophecy like religious prophecy was given to you through the breath of God okay and that this breath would like be breathed into you and then you'd, you'd receive it so to speak. Okay. And like it was never it never belongs to anyone. It's just like right. you're emitting what you've received from outside. So what what when you say you could call it the spirit maybe, I, I always think of like the genius as the vessel for the spirit. There you go. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I guess like that's how I consider like the closest thing to what um, <laughs> we're getting like so philosophical but we're all like humble enough not to be like oh, <laughs> the genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kind of echoing a lot of what Cam 
said, yeah, I think it's um, it's funny because I feel like a lot of times if you're creating something with the art, music, whatever it is, I feel like I never connect with it if it, if I feel like it's something that's been done intentionally. Yeah. Like I only really connect to something if I think it's more linked or imbued with a bit more spirit and a bit more passion. So you know, like you both listen to like black metal, death metal. There's so much bands that just try and emulate something else, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm just not interested in that at all. Mm -hmm. I'd rather listen to something that sounds like it comes from a sincere place, and you know, rather than somebody that's just put through a message that's already been put out a million times by a million other people. And even if it sounds similar to something that's been put out, but you can tell it's it's originated from, yeah, from the 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 like trueness. Yeah. Rather than, yeah, then it, yeah. And it's good. How, how do you feel that, do you feel that it comes into your daily life at all? Yeah, I think so. I think the, um, the interesting thing about me is I'm quite a hyper-organised person. Like the way I go about like sort of my work and just my, my life and my routines. But I feel like that's me and that's the way I am. It's not necessarily something that I consciously decide to be but I feel like it is something that is just kind of like how I am. Like I am that hyper-organized person that likes things to be super in its place. And I think that's just a part of me and my personality as opposed to me thinking, oh, that's just the way this needs to be for this reason. Right. So. Cool. I think it just works. It's just different things work for different people. Yeah. And it's like when me and Miles were, um, were recording, like, you know, it's a real natural organic process, which I think is good for me because I think... For me, I tend to overthink a lot of things, whereas it's good to work with someone where we, we balance each other out and we're able to record music that is a lot more organic and it's a lot more kind of like free thinking and thin ideas just kind of coming forward yeah. as, a, as, opposed, as opposed to wanting to, you know, like, well, we want this to sound like this and this needs to be like this. Yeah, it's so nice to just hear other people having these experiences. It's, it's sick. Yeah. How, do you, how do you feel when you're... When, when you're yeah, like, for me, it's like, I have a really complex relationship with this, like, idea. Because I've, I've always been, like, a very creative person. I was raised by an artist. And, like, I've, I've had, like, a mixture of, like, extreme creativity and extreme oppression in my life, which is, like, naturally a hotbed for creativity. Mm. But also having a lot of difficulty with valuing yourself as a creative. So I've always struggled with feeling like I don't belong. Um, mm. And, like, I don't... Like, what I have... I don't know, like, I don't have anything to say, but I also kind of sometimes make stuff in a kind of fuck you way. Because <laughs> I think you might relate to this from what you were brilliant. saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like, I never meant to be a front person or a singer. I never considered myself one. Everyone told me I was a terrible singer growing up. Like, really? Yeah, honestly. Like, I, the fuck? Yeah. Like, oh, when, when, <laughs> like, like, People, members of my family were like, don't do this. Why are you doing this? We've heard you sing, you're terrible. And I was like, well, you know what? Fuck you, I'm going to do it. And then like, and there were like just people that I knew would be upset by the fact I was doing it that like had tried to stop me from doing stuff in my past. So I was like, if I do this, I've won. I've won that war they tried to wage against me. And then when it came to actually writing, it did just come naturally. And like all those, the weird experiences I've had and like the times where I felt like I don't belong and I'm in this like in-between space because I never feel like I belong here I don't believe I belong where I'm supposed to belong that people where people think I'm supposed to belong here that don't think I fit in mm -hmm. like wherever home is when they like go home I don't have that so I just belong in this like weird ethereal 
liminal space, which is why I'm obsessed with aliens and shit. Because right. I relate to them. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have. Are you happy planet. with that belonging, or is that a life? Of... I don't know. I don't know because like part of the, but that unbelonging is a gift, and that it's given me this like creative vision or like this viewpoint, even not vision. Because I, I see things differently. I, I see things as an outsider, so I see things that other people don't see. But then, like, I'm lonely. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm lonely. Like, people will say stuff, and I have I can't relate to them. No, I totally get that. Yeah. Anyway. And, like, um, I have difficulty relating to other people as a result, sometimes too, because, like, I have a very, like, traditional Middle Eastern upbringing, so sometimes I'm, like, really straight in certain areas. Then other areas, I'm fucking crazy. You know, so like there's these two parts of me, it's like the message in the bottle like rattling against each other. Um, and like I do, part of me like going forward as a musician, I want to kind of be an example to people and I want that to be a message to like people like me, not to be like, you got to be this way. I just want to prove that you can be like a little hairy Middle Eastern girl and like do heavy metal. Yeah. You know? Like I want, and like I've had experiences where people have come to me and been like, you're doing this thing, that's pretty cool. And they're like me and I'm like, oh my God, this is... That's, to me, that's the message. Definitely, like, especially, like, em environmentally. Mm. Uh, I mean, that, that's really cool. Sorry, I don't want to just... Go, like, I, I, I heard what you said. That was, that was dope. But, like, definitely uh, expectations and, and the expectations of other people around you obviously make a big difference because I've never, I've never looked at you doing what you're doing and thought, like, that, that it's particularly, like, cool. Not that that No, it is it's fucking awesome. Like I, I but I've never gone like to me I never it's never it's not a weird thing that you're doing. It's this. nothing special. Like, like it's not unusual that someone's just doing it. Yeah, and the, right? and the fact that some people like for example the the, the, the belongingness of you saying like being a, a Middle Eastern girl and doing heavy metal for me, that was never a thing that was weird. Yeah, you know, so be, like, right? yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Not yeah. that it's not cool; it's <laughs> really cool. But it's, uh, it, yeah, it's crazy how how we. I guess we all have such different lives and, and perspectives on on the world, and like mm. that your that your message basically doesn't exist in my world. That's a good because thing. I don't not, want it to exist. Yeah. right. It shouldn't. We shouldn't have to do that. Like, we should just be able to do what we fucking want and like, yeah. people like not have to be like, don't be a dick to people who aren't the same colour as you. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's like a stupid But some thing. people need that message, so it's great that there's yeah. people like you giving that message to people. I don't want to do it overtly though. Like, so I'm, I'm not like, in my music I'm like, black or white or brown. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah. But I, it's just like by being there, I'm doing that. I guess that's like what actually I'm doing. doing, not just talking about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'll talk about it to you if I have to. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to do the next cup? Yeah. Cool. Alright. So, um, you got the message, and number six is up here. So, this is where you're going. I'm going to. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, it's upside down, so I thought it was like we for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so this is actually one of the answer cards. Um, we tend to leave them in the deck because sometimes, even though they like are a bit of a curveball, they um, they can sometimes kind of make you think about things. So it's number three. It's one of the direction cards. They point directly to or away from a course of action. 
and give you straightforward answers to questions you put. They are exceptionally important when the question needs to be answered. Um, yes, that's that. So no is number three. Hold back, a red light, a standstill, and a negative card. Something about your future, maybe. I don't know. The only thing I've been questioning lately was whether it was worth smoking weed or not. Ooh. I don't, I don't smoke weed, like, I'm not a person that, like, I, I've always liked it, right, because I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not a casual smoker, mm. like, sometimes I feel like having a different perspective, and it's almost like a ritual for me, like, I, like I meditate and shit, like, I don't know, watch movies and, yeah, like, giggle with my friends, like, I'm always alone, um, and lately I've decided, like, yeah, I'm gonna go there again, um, so I have been smoking and then last night I just didn't feel like it I was like cool what I'm gonna do is actually go and watch a bunch of videos about people who've been addicted to weed mm -hmm. and just just see what they say you know that's and I guess that's the only thing that because I have a lot of like all my friends smoke um, Same. like tons of people smoke and I, I, I don't I'm not against it mm. but I'm not um, I'm not also trying to suggest that it can't kick my ass. Yeah. So, because I guess I'm new to that, the, the only question I had was, is it worth testing if it's going to kick my ass for what it gives me? Mm -hmm. You know? Is it worth risking being like some of my friends that I think smoke way too much? Uh, Sometimes people become very reliant on it. Yeah, and... I'm not, I'm not going to be saying that I'm not going to be one of those people because I totally could be one of those people because I'm a human being and like <laughs> thousands of human beings get addicted to, 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 to anything, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same with alcohol. I mean, I have the same moral quandary with alcohol. I'm not like, and only a few drinks. I do dumb stuff when I get drunk. Like, I'm not going to say that the drinking is fine. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to ban anyone from drinking. I'm not like saying it should be illegal. Everything should be legal, but... I guess the, the only question I had was, is it worth like going to this other place in my mind for for what it gives me? And Carl says no. Yeah, Carl says no. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting you say that. I have a very similar relationship with um, alcohol and drugs. Because like, I'm aware I have a very addictive personality, so I just don't okay. fuck with drugs. Like, I, I have fucked slightly with some drugs, but like, I, I wouldn't allow myself to have a habit. Yeah. That's how I view it. Like, I'll do stuff on a special occasion. Yeah. I'll have, like, a glass of wine if I'm on holiday, and I'll occasionally be like, maybe I'll have a core of acid, but, like, yeah. in the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> 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 but, like, I don't, I don't, it's not part of my lifestyle or my personality. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's cool if people want to do that. It suits some people really well. Yeah. I always, I'm always skeptical, skeptical of people that suits well. Really? Yeah. How come? I've just seen so many people better off about it, even if they mm -hmm. feel they are. And like, again, that is a total my opinion. Yeah. Like, if they feel they're better off about it in their world, they are. No matter how much I tell them in my head, I think, <laughs> come on, mate. Maybe, like, yeah. yeah. What, about, what about you? I've seen them, but yeah, I actually agree. Because I've seen people just lose just the, the drive and the will to do anything just because they smoke too much. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I'm uh, completely teetotal, so I've never drunk or smoked or ever at all in my That's fucking cool, man. three decades of existence. But the one thing I was dependent on was caffeine. 
Uh, I was like a massive caffeine like freak fiend. And um and it's crazy because it's crazy. It's like, I literally felt like a junkie. And it's mad because to, to so many people it's so it's so alien to consider it's substance itself and I feel like it's quite similar with wheat I feel like a lot of people whereas it's not harmful it's never going to kill anybody directly you know on a chemical level but it is I think you know like many other substances and many other things in life I feel like you know too much of it kind of addles the brain a bit and causes them to just, just become yeah. lazy more than anything I've seen people just become so lazy from it mm. and I think maybe like also too much of soberness can also mm. yeah like limit you and I think that's why lately I decided like yeah I've not been like tripping out on anything lately even though weed is the only thing recreational drug I ever use uh, I mean apart from mm, apart from like those fucking balloon things but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that is not spiritual in the slightest <laughs> yeah like I think too much of any headspace is probably not uh like the best um I I I I was prescribed um, many, uh, quite a few different drugs for, for ADHD and then the one that I was like, mmm, I like this, was, was, uh, it was called Alvance and uh, what was the chemical? Uh, dexamphetamine and I was just there, you know, I said to the, to, to the psychiatrist, like, is there any calm downs, and anything and they were like, mm, nah, it's fine, so I was like, cool, alright, I'm doing my A-levels, so get these grades yeah. and I was using them every day because that's what they were telling me she was saying that I should do and it was sick like I didn't I mean I kind of knew it but I was like eh, it's, it's, it's prescribed to me but I was getting high as fuck like I'd be going to school in the morning like fucking mm, on the bus like this <laughs> yeah. I was like no school <laughs> and, and like oh, it, it totally worked it was the one thing that actually can make me sit down and do yeah. stuff because it made everything interesting mm. before and like nothing was interesting to me unless it was like novel or new or you know so it worked so I kept using it and then exams were over and I was like cool I don't need it anymore and I just did this crazy fucking dive I, I was the most depressed I've ever been she just go cold turkey just yeah because yeah. she was I was like do I have to wean off she's like nah just, just stop taking it and uh it was terrible. I was not because I didn't know what was happening, so I thought I was going crazy. Because yeah. I, it took me, it took me a few weeks to go. Hold on a minute. I just came off my meds. Like that's why, because I just wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah. Um. Like I, they put me on antipsychotics, and um, I was like suicidal, and I've never been suicidal. Yeah. And I was just this crazy feeling of doom, and I was just like, 
I need to stop existing like now. And it yeah. was really bad. And I, uh, and then I, I, you know how yesterday, I said yesterday I was looking at um, weed addicts talk. Yeah. I just uh, found these meth addicts talking on YouTube and they, they would say that the, 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 the drug I was on actually feels exactly the same as crystal meth. Holy yeah. shit. And then I looked at the, di the, the chemical diagrams, there's like one stick just off or something. Well, do you know the song, uh, Come on Eileen, by Dexys of Midnight Runners? No, I don't. I don't. But it's a local eight song, but that's where the name comes from. Dexys is sort of dexamethasone. So. Oh, okay. So, so I yeah, guess that's like a similar. Meth and, yeah, the dex is very like chemically close. Yeah, and like like meth addicts were saying that the, the the thing I was on is it feels exactly the same if you take enough of it, and I was on a pretty high dose because I'm pretty like crazy most of the time. Not crazy, but like, I just hate school and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not that kind of person, and uh, that really really kicked my ass. So I'm super careful about like taking things yeah. um, not seriously. Like even alcohol, weed, I'll, I'll always be like, should I be doing this, should I be doing this? Yeah. That's really healthy. Speaking yeah, of I think it's a healthy mind. <laughs> 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 it's a healthy mindset to have. <laughs> Anyone more? Nah, I don't drink, no. Thanks. I used to drink, I used to go, for, uh, the thing is like, I went fucking mental on everything. So like, I drank too much, I would like, almost end up in different countries, and like, you know, in situations where I could have been hurt pretty badly. you're wild. I used to be, not anymore. This is why I'm a lot better now. But like, when I smoked weed, I used to hear voices. And uh, I know that weed can, like, if you if you have, like, a tendency towards schizophrenia, it can trigger schizophrenia. Yeah. So, like, I just don't smoke. I love, I like the smell of it, and it doesn't chill me out. It makes me want to do yoga and, like, weed. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I just don't fuck with that at all. And, like, um, even caffeine, I can't drink caffeine. It makes me go mental. Oh. It's really weird. Yeah. I drink caffeine to relax. No way. It's actually like oh. it's a it's an ADHD thing again. Yeah. Mm. Where stimulants actually like put me down. Yeah. Because caffeine makes me sleepy, so maybe I have it too. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like my heart goes fast, but I'm sleepy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe huh. maybe that's what it is. Maybe your your brain is like, oh, finally, I've got like some energy. Also, maybe weed speeds you up if you've got ADHD. That's why I get all like. Maybe. Oh, okay. Ah. Because, yeah, so a lot of drugs don't work the same on other people with people with, with uh, like crazy dopamine deficiencies because oh, your brain does the opposite. Oh yeah. my god, that explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Gav. Thank you, Gav. I'll never forget that time when I gave you those sopadine tablets. Oh my god. So I had a bad headache and I was just like, oh, these sopadine, which has codeine in it and caffeine. I was like, oh, my mum uses these, so they really help with migraines. And I got a message, it must be like 12 at night or something. These tablets really worked. <laughs> 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 but I, don't think, I don't think I'm ever going to sleep again. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time I had caffeine in like five years. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh my god, I felt like I was high, I'm not going to lie. I was legit pretty fucking high. <laughs>
14 ounce projection goal, underlying factor. So this is like your goals, your okay. projections, which may not necessarily be your goals. Uh, you do work. Work is like you're a satellite, and that's kind of like a musical. Is that part of your identity? Do you find that feels how you put, project yourself into the world? I mean, I, yeah, I definitely project. I mean, my yeah, actually, my work is pretty much the only projection I ever do. Um, occasionally, I talk about like opinions and stuff, but on social media, it's either like memes or or music. I'm always that is definitely what I project like. Most of the time people see my face in video, it's me at the studio like talking about it, um, or me on stage. Yeah, or me being an idiot, like memeing. Um, <laughs> They're very good memes. I, I definitely, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, de I definitely don't feel like it's my identity. Again, I don't really believe in identity. I don't, I don't really have an identity. I sort of, I guess what I project out there, I, I see that, and then I'm like, oh, that's what I look like, that's what I do, but it doesn't feel like I'm trying to show people who I am, that's not what it feels like, uh, but it definitely, my work, yeah, to be honest, most people probably just do see me as like, like a musical person. That's my work, so I guess that would be like a huge projection. Yeah. But do you do you think that's something that you cultivate, or is it something that you just it just as a result of what you simply put out there? Uh, a bit of both. Yeah. Definitely a bit of both. Because I I just although I said a lot, I don't decide to do things. Some thoughts are more conscious than others. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not like a complete, entirely like genius-driven person. That I, I do occasionally like decide to do things. For example, like really long-ass Instagram stories and stuff of, of me in the studio showing things off. Again, you could say the idea to do that might have come from whatever, but like I'm making myself do that. I am projecting that yeah. to people because I want people to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, that's. I guess that's work. Most of the projection I do is actually work to make sure that people know who I am and that they can get to me if they need me. Mm. Mm. That's really interesting that you've got the message um, and it's like transformed from something that's quite natural into the cogs and the wheels of work. So I guess that's like a natural thing that as you're taking that genius and you're like alchemizing it into like the outside stuff that comes out of you. Definitely, I'll say this really fast. I reckon like a lot of people don't see that I'm a very like non-conscious person and I present myself as very like I make decisions, I do things, like, I'm doing yeah. this, I'm doing that, I'm, I decided to do this and then but really like that's how it looks but it's not that it, for me it doesn't feel like it. No. <laughs> Whatever beings are on the other side is about why am I living and why have I chosen to go into life? Like, no, as a being. What as did they being, say? That I chose it to, because um, I can't, they said, like, the, like, it's nice to experience the whole and just be in the whole, but they're like, you, you lack the actual experience of feeling something, because, like, once you have a separation of self, then you can take things very personally, and you can experience the world in a very personal way. Like, you chose to go and experience, like, a bunch of shit. Like, whether it's <laughs> sadness or death, or, like, a bunch of shit, like, you chose to experience it, and you're experiencing it, and 
Like you're collecting. And when, when I was there, like it didn't seem like all my hardships and whatever. Like obviously they're sad and they're fucked up, but like looking from that viewpoint, I was I just looked at as like a collection of experiences that are value instead of. Like, oh my god, that was horrible. I was like, okay, I got to experience that. Do you still it. feel like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah, the same, same man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's really weird is I, 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 uh, I actually was asking them. I was like, dude, I don't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. back. I don't want to go back. Yeah, I, and they were like, man, you're going to go back. Same. And I, I was like, same. please, exactly like, let me stay. Way. And they were like, no, it's yeah. you need to go back. Yeah, exactly and they sent the me back. And then I woke up in surgery. It was yeah. better. Yeah, that's a fucking. Yeah. 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 In that podcast with that guy on the castle, and he's like, he died, and they were like, you've got to go back. I was like, what the fuck? I was way better off not knowing about this <laughs> than knowing about this and now having to go back. Go back. I mean, it's a valuable experience. Like, I wouldn't really change it for anything. Like, real bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared to do it because my reality is already so fucking fragile. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 that's why I, I mean, haven't done it yet. I think that's people that usually go towards DMT. As someone who's already exploring that. That's yeah. the reality. Because someone who's not, who's not even questioning, like, what's on the other side, why the fuck would you go to DMT? Yeah. yeah. I actually wonder if I, 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 I'm gonna do research if this can happen. I know that uh, your pineal gland. Yeah, is it does. Oh yeah. But like, I, I, because your I, kidneys produce DMT as well. Really? I think it's kidneys. Yeah. Sick. I mean, I, I wonder if I, if I have a naturally trippy brain. Yeah. I think I do. Because yeah. I, I, I genuinely think I'm a naturally trippy guy. Like people, yeah. some older people and stuff have told me stuff that ever since I was a kid I've been like some booky ass like <laughs> just bare like trippy. Yeah. And people people who who say stuff like who've, who've done drugs and, and and I'm like wait what you had to take drugs to do that like yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I hallucinate a shit ton, man. Like I've had like when I was a kid I hallucinated when I was so a kid, I much. A lot, yeah. yeah, it's like. Hallucinations have never been a thing for me, but like... Never in my adult life, but when I was a kid, there was like, especially when I had fevers, it was just fucked up. I would be like in a different place, and then suddenly I would be back in my living room, and I'm like, I need to go to the hospital, someone needs to like take care of me, because I'm just like tripping out of my balls right now. If I have a fever now, I'll trip balls. Yeah. Do you remember? Seriously? I I know Shan will definitely remember. Do you remember Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Mm -hmm. He fucking, I had a feed when I was young. He was plastered onto my wall once. I've been staring at crap for like five hours. I had this intense man. I had a fever with my, I remember my mother like cooking pancakes. She was cooking pancakes in the kitchen and I was like on the couch and there was like a jack in the box, like just oh coming out, like huge jack in the box coming out and like, woo! And my mom's like, are you okay? And I thought, and I thought, Dude, if I tell my parents that I'm seeing this shit, like they're gonna take me to the hospital, like, or, like, because I'm like six, and I was like, they're gonna take me to the loony clinic or whatever. So I was just like, no, everything's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. Was just, you look sick. It's crazy. I've never had hallucinations. Yeah. There's so many people who I talk with to with similar minds. Yeah. Like, I feel like we have pretty similar minds. I mean, that's why we're here in yeah. the end. Like, yeah. Like, but but I. I so many people I know have hallucinations. I don't see anything. Yeah. I never see As an adult, shit. I don't see it even though, like, like, I mean, the DMT when you, or, or something where, where you're like almost passed out and you're seeing the other world. Yeah, but like seeing something in the real world when they're like, oh, you're going to see gnomes or whatever. Like, I've never. 
Right. It's only like fe feverish dreams and shit that I've had. So you know, I think I'm too books. scared to see shit, so I think my brain protects me from it. Uh, so like Nina yeah. had night terrors and sleep paralysis as well. Yeah, right. I think I'm it's subconsciously scared of that. I think my brain go. always protects me from yeah. trying to see it. Right. So. I think a lot of it is letting go because I think you can see a lot of shit, especially like on psychedelics. But I think it's more like reference stuff. It's like yeah. stuff starts starts losing shape, and then you start your brain starts trying to to understand what you're saying and people are like oh my god that's like a dinosaur and whatever yeah do you, do you feel like whenever you start getting deep and talking about your person like your experience of the world that you start tripping yeah yeah i, I definitely yeah. get one side like, like, like yeah. literally my vision things yeah. start shaking and yeah. moving yeah. like yeah. it was happening earlier yeah, and like and it, it starts giving me what i imagine is like a come up anxiety where i'm like i'm like oh do i really want to go there right now like i'm i'm gonna be sat here yeah. like, fucking zonked like <laughs> We are the same. I don't know if it's going to make any fucking oh, sense, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just... I, I get this thing where like, I have visual snow all the time, and if I focus on it, I can make it do stuff. Like, I can see like kaleidoscopic things. That's cool. And <laughs> when I'm like oh, sleepy, yeah. I see like colours and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, loads of like mandalas and stuff like that, like naturally. So I'm pretty sure I'm just like, I'm naturally kind of like... That reminds me of a joke uh, Sean Locke, the comedian, said once. So if you ever want to save money, by uh, buying fireworks, just fucking don't buy them, just rub your eyes really hard. <laughs> 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 yeah, with, with with weed, um, I know I know a lot of people say like uh, it can get really psychedelic if you like smoke a lot or if you have a low tolerance. But uh, sometimes I tell people like, yeah, I'm straight up, like yeah. I'm straight up in a different world. I'm seeing kaleidoscopes, like. It's crazy, and they're like, dude, shut yeah, up. But it's yeah. like, no, seriously, man. Yeah. Like, every time I smoke a lot, it's like, it feels like a complete spiritual experience to me. And I was wondering, is that because I, it just affects me that way, or because I naturally am inclined to, like, go there? See, mm. when I smoke, I'm Might be several and then I just hear voices. Right. That's not... So, so I'm like, that's why I'm pretty sure, like, <clears throat> don't, fuck, don't fuck with weed. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, I'll just, like, lose the connection with my body and my mind. Right. And I'm just like, I can't control my body. And I, like, there was one time we ate some wheat and I cooked a steak in wheat butter and I just like had no control over my body. And then my body was like laughing. And I was like, help me. That <laughs> must have been fucking terrifying. Yeah. I was like, Shem, help me. And I was laughing for like 45 minutes. I was in pain from laughing. It's funny because you probably were just right. cracking up, isn't it? <laughs> Laughing bugs me out. Like when I'm when I'm high and I start laughing, it bugs me out. It's just like, <laughs> yo, I can't stop. It. It's like, look, nothing's funny, but I'm like, ah. it's anxiety inducing. Man, when you can't stop laughing, it is so anxiety. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I couldn't stop laughing when. Okay, this is gonna sound really bad. When 9/11 happens. Next to me, Daniel, he fathers really loud, and I just couldn't stop <laughs> fucking laughing, man. And he was just looking at me saying, 
Who's this weird motherfucker <laughs> laughing at the fact that some planes just crashed into some towers? Uh, you always start creasing at the worst times. Oh, I know, I know. I was trying to, re- I was trying to record like a promo, like uh, we were going to send like some, like the mayor or something about, about how like music studios need proper clarification because we're not. Um, we're not a venue. Yeah, we're not a venue. We're not hospitality, yeah. so we don't actually really get any of the benefits for either. Oh, no. And we're making this serious ass video. Every time Jake started talking, my like my colleague, I was just like, <laughs> and I just couldn't fucking stop laughing. I had to leave yeah. the room. Oh, man, no. relate that so much. It's like in school when they fucking make you read out in class. It's like it's the worst oh. thing I could have done because I can't, can never do it. For I always loved it because I'm like a performer, so <laughs> I was always giving it my all. Yeah, me too. I like yeah. that. I, I, laugh, I lost a friend because um, their cat died, and they were
to me it feels like I had no recollection of that. It was just simply like nothing. And I don't like that feeling. Yeah. And like, I hope that I'm wrong and that when I die, there is stuff that happens. Yeah. What I reckon will happen is you'll think that you're wrong and then you'll die and you won't know that you've, you've died. Exactly. Like, so yeah. like, you'll start tripping balls and then you just actually die. Yeah. And then you, you don't die, even know, you'll, you'll probably start to think, wow, there's this crazy world I'm going into and then there. And I, like, you know what, have you seen the brain scans they do on people who are dying? So basically, no, that's one of the theories as well of why DMT is appearing in your brain because of, um, there was like clinical trials where during childbirth, that's when the first like big injection of DMT comes from your pineal glands. So really? you wouldn't feel the pain of coming into this world. So you have this massive trippy experience when you're getting squeezed through into this world. That's so crazy. You feel the pain and then it's in death as well. That's what it's related to. So they've, they've yeah, done scans yeah. on so people who are dying. Yeah, your body's just like, yeah, we're not dealing with this. After you, after, <laughs> even after you're officially dead, your brain is still active for about nine minutes. And during that time, your brain's just like fucking going mental. And that's like usually when you get the like trippy shit, is what people think. Like when you're seeing stuff oh. and you're like transitioning. I don't know if it's like a way of just naturally making it nice for you to die. But then if it is, why? Why do we have that? Yeah. No, well, no, are we wrong, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh cool. shit, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that as well. <laughs> but it says that DMT might be just like a key to the world, to the other and this realm for you to transition. But I mean, like, that's just a theory. Yeah. I watched a really good video. It was called The uh, the Death of the Universe. So it was somebody, some scientists tried to do a, a chronological timeline of how the universe began and ended. And mm. it's like, and it's crazy because there's obviously just an untold amount of millions of years when nothing happens. That all of a sudden the black holes start expo exploding and it's just like the last time light is ever seen in the universe and then it's just nothing until the times are relevant. I mean that freaks me out but like it's also awesome that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there for yeah, it. But no, but, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Well the thing is when I say I'm not gonna be there for it I don't even know what I am like cause, yeah. Yeah. because I, I <clears throat> when I when I when I say I start tripping when I, when I get deep and start talking about perspective in life and stuff like one of the biggest things is I start uh, feeling like everybody I see. I start I stop forgetting that me and you are different people, and yeah. I I if I go further enough into it, like I can I just don't I'm just everything. Um, so maybe maybe I'll still feel like that. Who is it? Like Duncan Trussell, I think says that like you're just like these you are just like VR goggles for the universe to observe itself. That's exactly how yeah. I think about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I when I this is my, I, I don't like it when people say, you know, they look into the sky and feel insignificant. I look into the sky and go, I'm fucking big. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's me. I'm like yeah. looking back onto to the entire system that arises within me and you're no different and you're no different yeah. I mean you might not in your world you might not feel that way. In my world, I look at you and I'm like, yo, we're the same thing. We're just not connected with direct neurons. But the, yeah. the only way we we could we communicate in other ways with with cards and with voices and with art, yeah. and that's why how communities build and, and then countries yeah. and it's like we're all just like fucking cells in this huge ass universe. That, yeah. I, I want to ask more about death. Was like, Iggy, what, what, what was what does death look like to you? What was death? Death looks to me like me transitioning into yeah being that bigger part of the universe was like i don't think i will retain no i don't think there's fear i don't really fear i don't think i'll retain any sense of identity though which is kind of liberating as well yeah i think but it might get boring and then you might 
Do you fear the power? Do you fear how you will die? Do you ever think about what it will feel like? Like if you're like being crushed by a truck or something? Yeah, no, I don't feel that. I sometimes think of how old I am. I just think of funny situations. Like, <laughs> I'll fall, like, like I'll die, like laughing, looking at people, like, please invite me. But I hope. I hope I die a peaceful death. You know, like have a nice transition into the afterlife, because. I mean, some people can, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to be in agony, I guess I'm on the point of my death, like, just to be suffering before I can pass out from the agony. I kind of want to be now, because I but, feel like I've already gone into death peacefully. Yeah, I, I don't think I've had that experience where I'm just, like, in that much pain, and I'm like, like I want to be, like, I know this sounds really fucked up, but I want to be, like, Yeah, because I already I feel like I've already had the pain the painless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though even though it was a brutal like brutal experience, I I, I I didn't feel it eventually. Like eventually you get so tripped out that you're not even like I mean, yeah, the pain wasn't even aware of it. Like, it was just yeah. gone, man. Yeah. Was there was there like a like Nina said there was like a black hooded figure, right? Did you say that? Oh, was for, asleep, for me there wasn't like black hooded figures, there was figures in general, like blue type of like so one of the experiences I had is like I was in Belgium and we did DMT with one of my friends, who's a tat like a tattoo artist, and we always like talked about it before. And I was like twenty and living in Belgium, and I came back. I was twenty five. He was like, dude, you know we have. I had DMT if you want to try it. So we went to his and I tried it, and I was first like sucked in into this pool of like other kind of beings. I would guess like just made out of like light, kind of like bending into each other, and like we're all just like connected to each other. And I felt. Like it was too much. I felt like they were they were giving me so much like unconditioned love that I was like, I don't deserve this, like what the fuck is happening? And I tried to open my eyes and they were just not happy with that at all. And I felt terrified and they were just like, You have to just let go right now because you're slipping like you're slipping out of your body, you can't just like keep attached and I yeah, I guess I like like there was like a sense of fear. And like kind of like yeah, impending doom because I was like I don't fucking know what's <laughs> happening right now. It's amazing, but I don't know what's happening. And then I went, uh, yeah, I, I, I like flew basically, just like, like wow, for like yeah, psychedelic flights and like geometric like figures and symbols. And then I find uh, at the end I like was just with this one kind of being like I, I don't know who like kind of made out of like blue lights, and he was like showing my life and showing like oh remember like. Remember when you were really sad on this moment? Like, how do you feel about it now? And I'm like looking back at it, like, oh, what the fuck is happening? And then at some point, and it becomes like very <clears throat> disfragmented because there was just like so much information coming in. And I felt I felt like I was there for ages. Like, I felt like I was there for like two years, like talking to that person, like, about the universe and about life and about my meaning and about my feelings and what's gonna happen like after. So I can't, because it all happens in like ten minutes. And I remember like waking up. And being like, I will not be able to remember like this full experience or to process it even within that. But yeah, at the end he was like, Yeah, you have to, it's time for you to go back. And I was like, I don't I don't want to go back. It's just like I didn't like I can I like observing it from here, like all my pain and misery, because it seems kind of distant. And he was like, Yeah, but that's you chose to go there in the first place, so you have to go back now because you're not actually dead. And then I came back to my body and I like woke up and I was like, dude, I need to do more. I was like, I need to, <laughs> I need to experience more of this. And my friend was like, no, no, let's just go, like, smoke a cigarette and go have a beer and talk about, like, what just happened. Wow. And then, that was the only time I did like the full head of DMT. It blows my mind because that is incredibly similar. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like an overlapsing experience because I've had like the five gram psilocybin mushroom trips where you also enter like the different form. It's just exactly almost the same thing. It's really strange because you just keep having this repeated experience almost. Like it's different, but you Do just... they remember you when you go back? No, I had the like different people. It was more of an omnipresence type of voice right. that was talking to me. Like no one was really around me at that point, but they were just like on mushrooms. It was a bit more like I was sitting, I was sitting in this like huge empty space. And there were just like kind of cliche screens like all around me, like just showing all my memories, like 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 thousands and thousands of screens, and I was just observing everything for ages. And like, people always say that their life flashes before them when they die yeah. and stuff. I mean, that didn't happen to me. Yeah. I didn't like relive memories, but like what I did see was Palmer's grief. And <laughs> <laughs> then I like I because I was in Broomfield Park when when it, when, I, when it happened, and I. I sort of floated above my body and looked and everything was just so beautiful and I could see myself and my friends around me and like I just saw the where I so like almost all my memories are it's in this one place on on this in London on this planet and then I was like zoom <laughs> I just like zoomed off and I rode a dragon I rode, I rode, I rode, I rode a dragon that was like um Oh, I need to say this wasn't entirely sober because by this point they, they injected me with ketamine because they couldn't give me uh, yeah, oh, sure. and it was just like straight <laughs> my ears were fucking so loud and I, I saw this um, see-through dragon I don't know how I saw it it was see-through but I guess the, 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 the edges the, outlines and stuff, the edges were um, changing colors yeah. and they were wiggling and it was like a Chinese dragon yeah and I never I don't have any like connection with Chinese dragons but it came in and it picked me up and I sat on its nose, but I was watching this in third person. And then it just took me off and then this, the screen was black for a, the screen. Yeah. My vision was yeah. black. Yeah. I don't know for how long. And then eventually I, I, I arose on this bus. It was like an American school bus. I've never been on an American school bus. Flying through the cosmos with everybody I knew on this bus. That's crazy. And That's then true. my form tutor at the time, huh. See, this is the difference. Is like, I guess on, on, on like DMT and stuff, they're complete like light entities. These were people I knew. My form tutor at the time says, you, you, you need to get off. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. And he opens the doors and I step out into the cosmos and it just disappears and I'm in this, literally I'm floating in space. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's bare like lights and shit. And then suddenly you sort of trees arise and houses of what look like where I am, but the sky is still very much in the cosmos. Like almost as if you were to look from the floor into the sky now yeah. and see the stars. But I, I really felt I was in the universe, not like yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. And uh, I still have that feeling now when I look up, I feel like I'm floating. I don't feel like I'm on an earth. I feel I'm floating on That's cool. And then, Someone that a very good friend of mine, who at the time I hadn't actually spoken to for about two years, we 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 weren't getting along. She came in a purple dress with gold stars on it. She floated towards me and said, "Hey, I'm Death. I'm here to like take you to the other world. Um, but you you need to let me think for a bit." So I was like, "Okay." So we floated over to this sort of tree. I waited there. And I was just looking around like. This is fucking nuts. Where the fuck am I? But I was also super chill. I was super like, this yeah. is it. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I felt really good. 
And then she said to me, um, I've decided you'd have to go back. <laughs> and I was like, I was convinced I was dead. I didn't know I was gonna be, I was gonna survive. Yeah. And I was like, come on, <laughs> please. Like, I already made up my mind. Yeah, like, I, I, I just, I just died. Like, please, there's so much effort to fucking die. Yeah. I just need to do this crazy trip. Like, please, just kind of stay. And she said, no, 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 you have to go back. And she hugged me and she said, it'll be okay. I'll see you again. Yeah. And I said, okay. And then she took me uh, to this door. And at the time, uh, obviously I was going to school, so I was like there every day. So probably the most I ever saw of this world, really. Um, and she takes me into this door. She says, you need to pass through. I open the door and it's just like a history lesson. I stand, I, I sit down in the history lesson and the girl who carried me back to, from death and back to life was sitting in the corner completely unaware that she was, oh, it was her, the earth version of her, not the, not yeah. the, you know, I don't know, it was really weird. And then she came to visit me in hospital and came wearing gold and brought me a Yo. purple stone. No. And I was just like, <laughs> what? And I didn't, I couldn't tell her. I was, I was just, it was just too bugged out to tell her. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, and the really weird thing as well, I, I guess this is a lot more personal than, than general, but it might, it might be, but I feel like there are some, maybe I, I feel like I interact with her in this, in, in the spirit world more than I do the real life. Cause again, we only ever talk to each other like once a month, but we, we are constantly like interacting in the dream world. It's so weird. Yeah. I, don't, I, I know that's a personal relationship thing, but there, I guess there are some people that are just you're tethered with. Yeah. But for some reason, she is she's death for me. It's it's proper fucking weird. I don't know. Oh, that's fucking. That's mental. Yeah. Is there like a part of her personality that you find is different, or like represents something to you? <laughs> no. no not really. No. I mean, like. We're close, but not like we're not present in each other's lives. So we're Does really she not. She knows, like now. Yeah. That's it. She knows now. And the weird thing is, she started having dreams where she's in a dress, oh, with golden oh, stars, no. and she's taking me through woods and guiding me through my life. She it's fair weird. She feels like she feels like my spirit guide, and whenever we need yeah. each other, I'll go to her. But like, apart from that, like we can't. We actually have kind of like troubles interacting in. in in the real world, in the real world. Yeah. but we but we dream by each other and shit mm. it's, it's proper weird that's interesting yeah. she's like a guide to you yeah yeah i mean it might just be like a purely psychological thing and it doesn't might have nothing to do with the spirit well assuming if it's not a thing but like no fuck it it is a thing it is yeah it is a fucking thing yeah and, that's beautiful. I know in some cultures, dragons are like um, bridges between the living and the dead. Really? And like alligators in ancient Egypt as well. I didn't know that. Like if they would throw their bodies and bless you, they'd throw <laughs> the camera just leaves. They'd throw <laughs> bodies into the Nile and like an alligator ate you, would be like, you'd be pooped into the underworld and shit like that, I think. That's nuts. I didn't That's why know you that. see that in a lot of the, um, the stone carvings, you see lots of alligators like guardians to the underworld. You often have like, you know, the three-headed dog. You often have like an animal with yeah. gates. Yeah, I guess I've, I've heard that a lot of, um, you see a, a lot of people when they're tripping see like half-human, half-animal type figures. Is that something that any of you can 
No, not personally. Like anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphized. Yeah. No, not personally. I always see like I, I guess it's like uh, a lot of uh, I always think uh, with tripping it's a lot of your worldview comes into it. So it's like whatever you believe is accepted for yourself. Like like I'm saying like if I'm tripping and I'm seeing like like talking to like lights, beings and creatures, I think I'm talking to them because I'm way more acceptance of that idea um, than other people. Because I think it, at the end of the day it's your mind working on conceptualizing the things that are in front of you. Mm. Other people want to see things that are yeah, more I guess, connected to them. I guess in the same way that on this earth, our perception and our um, pre like ideas of how yeah. things are affects what we see. Maybe yeah. also. Yeah, yeah, I think even when least, you go to someone so crazy, yeah, yeah. Your, your mind is still yeah. perceiving it and changing it. Yeah. There's a psychologist called Jung who wrote a book called Psychology and Alchemy because in the early 20th century he found that a lot of his psychiatric patients who had no knowledge of mythology or ancient history were always saying that they were dreaming the same things. So they were dreaming like things from mythology and legends and symbolism. I love like that stuff they had no I had no knowledge of, but they were dreaming of these symbols like, you know, snakes eating their tails and like he found that there is a part of something inherent in humans that sees particular symbols and particular things and we interact with the world through particular archetypes. Yeah, mm. archetypes precisely. Yeah. It's really interesting. I recommend it. Oh my yeah. yeah. I'll get an audio book as Yeah, I was gonna say an audio book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever interact with specific people within your life? Yes. What, what do you mean? How in the interact? In, 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 in the in dream world. world? In the dream in the world, in the death world? Mm, no, I haven't. They always are the worldly. Yeah. Why do you see faceless people? I've never met anything otherworldly, ever. Oh, damn. Yeah, I've only, in those realms, I've only, I think, met, like, otherworldly creatures. The only, <clears throat> the only dreams I've had that are ever slightly prophetic, or I feel connected to the spiritual world, are always actually quite vivid and quite boring. Like, my sister's friend, um, he unfortunately died, he fell off a tower block and fell to his death. Oh my god. And during that night when he died, both me and my mum had very strange dreams. I had a dream that um, my sister and my sister and this guy, their other friend, this girl, I was going down to the kitchen just to grab a drink of water. And it was just a really banal dream. And I was just there filling up the glass by the big bay kitchen window. And she comes running up to the window, like screaming hysterically. And I wake up with a start. And at the same time, my mum is having a dream about a tower block falling down. Fuck off, seriously. And, and it was, would have been roughly about the time he unfortunately died. And this girl was there, like she was there when it happened. Oh my and god. So like, it's just really strange that my experiences are always, they're never fantastical, they're always quite, quite mundane, mm. and quite, quite connected to the, the physical real what world. What do you make of that? Yeah, see, how I kind of perceive it is I think that we share a lot of residual energy. I think there's energy that science can't really explain. And, you know, like, I think we've all had that experience where we walk into a house and just instantly can tell if it's got a good or a bad vibe. And it's just something, you know, whether it is something that's happened in the spiritual world or the real world. But I can just tell when a house or an area has an energy that is just kind of vibing with me or not. Mm. And it's... um. 
and it's same even my partner's place like before it was done up I thought man this has a real real like bad energy about it like I do not feel comfortable in this place but, but I could only explain it in a way as, as if it was an energy like it wasn't something that I could kind of quantify in the real world yeah. but, but when it was redecorated and renovated it was gone so it's just like whatever that was done kind of rectified the energy yeah have you ever had premonitions? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, once. Um, unfortunately, uh, my best friend died when I was uh, 16. So I'm just about to go into um, uh, A-levels. And, um, and he visited me the night before he died. He had leukemia, he was, he was ill anyway. Oh. So. But the night before, he visited me just to say, just so you know, I'm, I'm going now. Like, this is it. he just gave me a hug and that was it. And then... The next day, like in the middle of the day, that's when he that's when he went. And did he? How did? So he knew. I felt like he knew. Problem was, I was in um, I was in Kent at the time picking cherries because what we used to do in the summer was my mum would take us down to Kent and you'd get um, you get it was quite good. So there's these cherry fields and you'd get for every box you'd get three pounds. So if you could pick like say thirty boxes, you get about ninety quid a day. So oh, it was pretty that's good money. Not bad, yeah. And um, yeah, and that's why I had the dream in the tent on the field that we were staying at. So. So like I wasn't wow. near him when it happened. Oh, I thought you meant he actually came to you and... No, in the dream. It was uh, a dream. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, I had the dream that he came to me. Oh my God. And said that he was going. Because when, like, like when I, when, before I, before I was stabbed, I, I, I knew it was happening. I knew it was going to happen, but I thought, I thought I was going to get hit by a car. Yeah. Or I was going to get cancer that was going to kill me like within the next week or so. Yeah. I remember I went out with my friend. I was like, dude, we've just got to go out. And he's like, is anything wrong? I was like, not really, but I just got to go out with you and... We walked around, I sat down on a bench and I said to him, I've never, I've, at the time I was a super like sciencey guy, I never really gave a fuck about. I've always been a bit trippy, but I kind of ignored it. Yeah. And I said to him, I don't know what's gonna happen, we're gonna die. I'm gonna die within the next few days. Fuck. And he was just like, okay. Yeah. All right. The, I think it was two days later, fuck. we went to the park and then I was attacked and I remember the first thing I said when I, by the time I got on the floor, is I looked at him and I went, "What did I tell you?" And he started freaking out. He was like, "Don't say that, man! Don't say that!" He was really freaking out. I, I just knew it was gonna happen. I had this crazy, like, otherworldly message, like, "You're gonna come to us. You're coming to us. It's time. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna go." Yeah. Um, and also, I had, I had a time where before my grandma died, we'd visit her every weekend. Um, and this one weekend, got in the car, and I only found out that my dad had the same feeling the other day when we were talking about it. I remember turning this corner and just going, this big, big like words coming to me, she's gonna die today. Yeah. And I was like, why today? <laughs> she's yeah. gonna die today. We got there, and, and she, we, she died with us there that day. Yeah. And like, it's just weird like how you know things sometimes. It's strange, because you hear about like identical twins that are like, hundreds of miles away and, and one dies and the other just instinctively knows when that happens yeah. just get overwhelmed by a sense of dread or and it happens with, you know even with close friends or people who are but do think it's possible like what you were saying about your friend i feel like it's possible to have a connection with someone that goes beyond like the the physical world i mean to bring to bring it to science i mean do you know anything about quantum entanglement yeah I don't know enough, like, there's probably some physicists out there going, dude, shut the fuck up. But, like, <laughs> but, like you know how some, no matter the distance, some 
what happens to one uh, atom they made will a quantum change the, yeah. yeah. Ah. I mean, maybe that can happen on larger scales. Mm. Yeah. And maybe consciousnesses can be linked within the quantum realm, but not in the physical realm. Yeah. Like we have to talk in the physical realm, but maybe in the, in the, yeah. in the non-physical realm, we can sense things. Yeah. I feel like consciousness isn't rooted in the body. I think that's where we get shit wrong. Mm. Is that like we've got the body, we've got consciousness, and I feel like there's actually something beyond that too that we're aware of, but we we just don't know what the fuck it is. And like I feel like we're all so busy trying to survive that we don't really like get the chance to explore that part of ourselves. Yeah, that's a, that's a big that's a big thing about like life, especially in London, and mm. you know. Do you have time to not be a capitalist machine? Yeah. yeah. On the cogs. Which part of London did you grow up in? Was it Palms Green? There yeah, in North yeah. London, yeah, yeah, Enfield. Yeah, still there. But I might move now. I'm oh. thinking of leaving, actually. Where to? Bristol. Oh, it's a very creative place. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure yet. Mm. But yeah. I'll be sad to see you go. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll probably come back. Oh, no, man, like, do what makes you happy. That's yeah. more important. Uh, nah, man, I definitely feel what you're saying. So I think London is just this, just this massive beast of consumerism, and it's almost impossible to not get entangled in it at times. And I feel like that, like I've always worked in central London. Funnily enough, so I just see like it's at the heart of like tourism and capitalism, and it's just, um, it's just so easy to get kind of caught up in it and I feel like it's I feel like it kind of does a lot to strip your consciousness away mm. and I feel like technology's mm. kind of going that way as well whereas before the internet was a tool for good I feel I, like I disagree actually oh do you oh. I mean the only reason I know about all this shit is because I can watch podcasts of people like yeah. us talking and not the only reason but like I, I can't read I'm just, I suck at reading yeah like the the only way I find out about ancient history and mythology and, and, and science is through the internet. Yeah, 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 I suppose so, yeah. But I, I definitely see what you're saying too. I think it's a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah. Like most things in life, I think it's how you approach it and how you use. Mm. You use Maybe we need so. an internet certificate. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you an incel? Do you, do, you, do you write using the caps lock? <laughs> Can you spell? Do you remember on the MSN Messenger where people would type like one capital letter then one lowercase and yes, one uppercase? Yes, I do. Like, why would you go to the effort of doing that? It's just so much work. They're like, there's like triple X's on each side. Yeah, with the underscore, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, XXX underscore 420 blazer. Like, it's like every gamer type ever. Yes. But my email for the longest time. I massive, uh, massive, massive Cryptopsy fan. Oh, Especially yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And Lord's work, man, I just think he's just one of the most unique vocalists. So, oh, was dope. So it's just fucking, my email for a long time was like Lord Worm 138. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was just, I was like, you know, I should probably start to incorporate more professional email into it. <laughs> I changed my email when I had to give my email to the police and it was the dumbest shit ever. It was like squirrel submarine. <laughs> I literally didn't get to the right and I, I had to give it to him and I was like, oh, please, no. I'm now wearing a coat. Okay. I'm now wearing a hoodie. <laughs> glasses. Magic. I can see now. <laughs> the cards have spoken. Uh, what's next? Seven, eight. Let's go. One minute. Ooh. 
What should I get the card of thirst or something? <laughs> the card of good hydration. The cave. Oh, the cave. You were talking about caves in the beginning. Mm. Like, mm. about your, your oh, he doesn't, he does not look happy. Sorry, dude, though. Yeah. Is it cool? Oh my goodness! It's like a fetal. Oh, he's like... I've never seen this card. Oh, yeah. The cave. This is a very... Was it 39? Hmm. This is one of the seven happenings. It depicts events in our own psychology and the outer world that suddenly transform our lives. The cave. A character is prostrate, facing away from the light in the gloomy recesses of a deep cave. This card stands for depression and despair. It symbolizes withdrawal into the self as a result of pain or grief. It can also mean introversion or loneliness and acts as a reminder to the inquirer that the light awaits after a period of healing darkness. That's a pretty metal card, isn't it? That's not mm-hmm. really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got death, you got the cave. Black metal as fuck. <laughs> Do you relate to it? Well, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean... Ah, oh, that's really, that's really... Can you read that again? Yeah, of course I can. You know what, I can go into the book. Yeah, because... Seems like a really like introspective card. Because I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm in a cave or like this. You know, I don't I don't feel like the man on the cover. Just you know, it's been a long time since I felt like that. So this is this is your past. So this could be something really far Whoa, back in okay. childhood or something. So this is quite a long. It's like two days. I can two days, two days, two pages. Um, I can even give you like the quick list of the things, but it's basically saying that the cave is about withdrawal, secrecy, the healing power of darkness. We go into caves for protection. We go out to change the world. There's a figure crouching in the cave, sheltered in the gloom, far from the entrance, where the sun does not penetrate. Interesting, it's below the sun. Mm, the yeah. position is fetus-like, and we cannot see if any clothes are worn. The cave is the womb from where we all came. It is natural enough that the earliest man sought caves as their dwelling, like the song. Not just because it gave them a roof over their heads, it provided safety from predatory animals and enemies. They had a vantage point because caves are set in hills, and they could scan the plain for their quarry and from the heights sally down to hunt and scurry back to safety. It reminds us that there are times in our lives when we need security and to go back inside ourselves before we can venture out again. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that now, actually. Mm-hmm. Now you've read that more. I think with, with girls, that's actually how I'm relating to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so after my last relationship, like, I just, uh, I've never been like this before. I just completely lost the, the verb. <clears throat> the care for it, mm. like, to, to be uh, in a relationship with anyone. And that's that's fine, like, I wasn't, like, worried about it. I wasn't like, oh, it's no, natural. I'm never going to be yeah. with someone that's not what was going through my head. I was just like, yo, I really need time to be introspective, actually. And uh, a lot of that was, uh, like you said, it's a pretty black metal card. <laughs> a lot of that was, like, just writing music and actually having time to just be, like, one with myself and not have to... 
although it's normally a great thing having someone share your energy, it was kind of cool to just be alone. And the healing, what you, I think it said, no, the healing force of darkness. Or, yeah, the healing force of darkness. I mean, that is like a super big part of my philosophy in general life. You know, I never feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in the cave, but like I guess I, because when I see the picture and hear it being spoken about, it doesn't feel like me, but but I do take very like very often, almost every day, a moment to visit a place I don't want to go in my head or in my body, or you know, I think adversity and it's a good thing. I think I go to the cave like all the time. And I think that's why I'm sort of just trying to figure out whether I was there or not, because I never feel like I'm like there for a long time, but I go there like every day, mm -hmm. I think. And especially with the, like I said, with the girls, like only now I think I'm starting to think like, hey, maybe I will actually, uh, maybe I am ready to start seeing someone, something. <clears throat> Think, like for me anyway, I think I always find that the best relationships is because I think sometimes in your early relationships you tend to share everything and share your energy, but it's find a relationship we can actually coexist with separate energies, you know, connect on certain levels, but you both have your own space and they're able to kind of this do is your the own problem thing. I think with my last relationship is that I was happy with that, um, and again this goes I guess to my very esoteric hobbies. And you see how we're talking today, this is this is honestly mostly how I talk. Yeah. I rarely like talk about much else. And a lot of people don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> so like I feel like I think my energy was too separate. Mm. You know. And although I was sharing a lot of energy, I don't think she could connect to mine. You know. I felt the kind of thing like you know, ask me how my day is going. I'm not gonna, you don't know anything about this sort of stuff that I do. I can't tell you. I could yeah. tell you, but you won't care. Yeah. And right. I think, I think, I think I, maybe I need to be less in the cave actually when it comes to relationships. I just think it's hard to find someone. I get along with people really well, and that's my problem. Like, I feel like I, I I get along with a lot of people and it's like, yeah, we, we, we have loads of fun together and then But when it comes to the to the actual meat of what makes us wake up every day, it's normally completely completely different things yeah. And I find it really hard to find people who, who, who give a fuck about aliens <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, aliens and vampiric black metal like You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, relationships are, are really complex, especially if you're into something that is like consuming. If you're an artist, you're consumed by what you do and you don't have a choice. Mm. And like a lot of musicians I know would never date another musician because it's like you're never going to be first. You That's know? funny. I, I don't want to be first. And I, I, it's funny you say that because I, I've said that to every, almost every girl I've ever been with has said, I might love you, but I've, I love riffs first. I, I love riffs more. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd always have this joke if I remember, 
you know, if, nothing, if something doesn't work out, you know, I always say to my friends, oh, it's just me and the riffs again, you know? Because <laughs> like, it always is. It's always more important. Yeah. And like, it sucks, to, but it is, it is more important. I'd much rather have, have my art than have a... How could a, a, a person compete with art? They can't. They, they, they cannot. Not like, art is cosmic and divine, and yeah. people can be too, but art is always going to be cosmic and divine. Like, it's never going to cheat on you. It's never going to, like, turn around and say something that makes you feel alone. And I also think if you were in a relationship with someone who felt cosmic and divine, that's a really bad sign, <laughs> you know? Like, that's abuse material if you feel like someone is cosmic and divine. I feel like that's why people get into, like, crazy codependent relationships where they... But they are so like obsessed with each other yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh, you mean everything to me, how can I live without you? I don't ever want to feel like that about anyone, but, because music can't leave me because, yeah, it's, yeah. People have different attachment styles and I think it's quite uncommon to have the kind of one that you have, so naturally it will be uncommon to find someone that will share that with you and like, that will accept that kind of love. I don't, I don't even want to have to talk to them every day. Yeah, you know? that's really rare, that's really rare. But you'll find someone, there are, there are people like that. And like, if you can explain that to someone, they're more accepting of it as well. I feel like you're very unique as a person, so. I feel like a lot of people agree and they don't know what they're really getting into. I think that the same with any relationship. Yeah. Because I'm pretty open when I go into a relationship, I'm like, this is all my crazy. And I lay it all out on the table. And then like, everyone's crazy. Everyone's got stuff that's weird about them. There is no one who's normal. Mm -hmm. And there's no there's no one who's like not gonna be in some way somewhat toxic. But the 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 art is allowing yourself to see what you are and then work on that shit. And then Yeah, like, totally. Like, there are times where I'm like, I'm doing the thing where I need to work on this thing, but here's where I'm at. And like I'm telling you I'm aware of it and this isn't this isn't me being perfect. I'm being I'm wrong right now. But I need you to like to be there for it yeah like i'm just being vulnerable about your own your own like imperfections is like part i think of, of relationships that a lot of people can't can't take themselves into it's very difficult yeah i totally agree and i think i think i'm really good at doing that that's really good man i mean there's there's all i mean i know what i suck at our relationships like i know one of the things is is, is time like mm -hmm. Even even if I, I sometimes I don't realize it, but so many people I love and like friends and stuff, even my family, they're like, bro, you've got no fucking time for us. And it's like, oh shit, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize I wasn't talking to you. I just didn't. I was, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. But yeah, this is just. Sorry, I need to cough for a while. <laughs> 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 yeah, One of the things I find is it's it's about meeting the people halfway in relationships and compromising. Every time I try and follow up a serious TED Talks, but, no, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's um, when you are in a relationship and you want it to work, it's about kind of compromising, but not to the extent where you compromise your integrity and who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to look at Sham right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit! I know, I was, I was like, so 
Yeah. Like, obviously it's not nice if you have no money and they have all the money and you're living together and it's like, oh, fuck, I'm reliant. Mm. That's not, that's not nice. I completely understand that. Like, um, people should be empowered within themselves to be able to do what they want. But also, that's, that's like, that's not their problem. Mm -hmm. They, they could, they could make it, they could take it upon themselves, for example, to like, just give you loads, for example, and say that's all yours, mm -hmm. or give you part and then, but then you're still relying on them. I don't know. I, I think it's really, it's really, it's something that you have to, 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 no one owes you anything. I don't even believe that if you're in a relationship, they owe you time, they owe you love, they owe you whatever. Like, they should be there with you if, because they want to do that, not because they owe you it, or because they, yeah. I think sometimes it can be reversed in that sometimes the person who has more power gives something to the other person. They're like, I did this for you, you owe me. And it's like... That is the worst. I, right. I really don't like that. Me too. Yeah. I really don't like that because that's just total guilt tripping. And mm. like, it's a form of manipulation, right? Yeah, it's hella manipulative. Yeah. And I understand that like loads of people would do that without even realizing they're being manipulative. That's usually how it happens, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. But like, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to be upset. For example, if someone didn't feel like your like your partner didn't feel like talking to you that day, or they were too busy and they were just like, I don't want to talk to you. And I understand how that would be like, oh shit, you know, I want you here, but that's that's your problem. You don't own their time, you don't own their life. And like, if they're choosing to share time with you, it's because they want to. And if they're choosing not to, it's because they don't want to. You know? like, yeah. you, I, couldn't, I couldn't ever ask for some, I can suggest, but I could never like feel like anyone owes me mm. anything. I don't know. I think everyone's allowed to feel upset by stuff, but it's how you decide to act on that. That like that will determine whether it's a negative like situation, like a toxic situation. So like your partner needs to go and work on their album, and you're like, man, I really miss you. I want to spend some time with you, and they're like, I'm sorry, I need to work on this. It's, it's really important to me, and you're like, I understand that. I feel I feel like shit about it though. I think that is a reasonable thing to ex to feel, but then if you're like totally punishing them for it. Yeah. Then, then that's different. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, also something I think is perfectly reasonable is if you're like, no, I'm really feeling shit about this. Please, can you can just consider spending mm. some time with me? Then you'll meet That the is totally yeah. fair. Yeah. Like, you should be allowed to ask things of your partners. That is fine. You should be allowed to like ask whatever you want. Yeah. But never expect it before it's. I mean, entitlement is like a death. Yeah, I never. I just yeah. never be entitled to to anyone's time or love or mm. attention. I don't know. How do we get to that from the cave? I don't know. Oh, girls. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the middle. You're talking about. You were when we start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you had you had a thing with an awesome girl, and because of something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I didn't want to make decisions for. Mm -hmm. I didn't like. I didn't like always being the one that made decisions. I felt bad about that. Like. Okay. Because I didn't like the, the power dynamic. Were so. they too um, shy to make decisions or say what they wanted? I believe so. Okay. But I handled it the totally wrong way. Mm 
like it just bugged me out and I was but this is also the time I was uh, I just quit taking my ADHD medication oh, I see. so I was in a totally really weird place yeah I probably wouldn't have done that okay. almost certainly wouldn't have done that mm. but like, at the time I was like yo I cannot be responsible for you <laughs> you know or responsible for like your feelings or anything like Well, you know, it sounds like maybe you weren't in the right place anyway. It was just a flop of a time, to be honest. Like, yeah. nothing was making sense, because I was all, like, fucked in the head, but... You were in the cave? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You were waiting to come back out again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think we should go to the next card. Let's do it. So the next card is here. Yes! Wow, you got yes and no, and they're, like, literally opposite each other. Damn, you got some symmetry. Cool. Alright, let's read yes. Number two. <gasps> Whoa! It's also, uh, the cave and work are kind of opposite to each other, how we were talking. This cave is like, remember I was saying work is all about my presentation of the yeah, outside world, and the cave is, is like inside. The, the inside one. And you've got the tower as well, mm. and you've got like, there was talking about the sun, and the sun above the cave, and the cave is kind of like womb-like, yeah. and you're talking about seeing the sun. And then the other one you were like, in your experience. Yeah, death is like the centre of my life, which is really weird. <laughs> Super interesting. It yeah. sounds like it is a, like how you relate to a lot of things. Mm. So yes, simple. Go ahead, a green light, an affirmative and positive card. The yes and the message in the case. It sounds like you're like you did stuff right, even though your mind have gone. I don't know. That that's my out like ignorant interpretation is perhaps. I wouldn't say it's ignorant. Okay. Uh. I don't believe in doing things right. <clears throat> I don't think that exists. Do you feel like you made the right choices? Or you did things the way you're happy with? Yeah. Okay. Like, although, well, when we were off camera, I was talking about that guilt. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm glad that I can recognize that as guilt. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like I would go back and change it. It's just, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't regret anything. And I don't, yeah, I guess, I like the word yes, I'm a pretty, I think I'm a pretty optimistic person, but yeah. I like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's as far as that one goes. Yes, I mean, you can't take it super deep, though. That's funny, because I feel like, you know, irrespective of whether you have guilt over a decision or something you've done in the past, like, it's everything you've done has led you to the point you are currently, and, like, if you had done anything differently, it's like the butterfly effect, it would have had, like, Changed everything to a point where you'd be in a completely different state. So I don't even know if I believe in free will. So I find it really yeah. hard to like be guilty, which is maybe a massive problem of mine. But it hasn't really been so far. I don't think it needs to be a problem. I don't think it's a problem, but like I, I genuinely don't feel guilty about anything because I, I again I don't even know if I believe in free will. Yeah. I think the only time it would be a problem is if you didn't take responsibility. That's completely different to guilt, though. Yeah, exactly. Responsibility and guilt are like different things. And like, it sounds like you have taken responsibility. I hope so. Because you, you've like so. learned from stuff and you've changed, you've grown from like things. So even if, like, that's the thing. I think sometimes people use it as an excuse, but you're not doing that, so it's a good thing. Cool. Yeah. Next card. So the liberation. Yeah, liberation. Oh, nice. I like the look of that card. What number is it? 38. 38. This is one of these seven happenings. They depict events in our own psychology and the outer world that suddenly transform our lives. This is coming up. Liberation. 
I'm sorry, I completely zoned out. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this, like, why is my neck sore? Oh damn, <laughs> maybe you're wearing like really, like you're wearing two necklaces? Maybe it's, or maybe... They're quite light. Are you, are you dehydrated? I don't know, recently I've been getting like, pains in the side of my neck. It could be your glands. Oh, they were actually a little bit swollen uh, last week. Uh-oh. I think I'm fine now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're just looking at you like, oh no. <laughs> Should be okay. Oh, we'll find out. It was holding for like a day. No, I'm sure it's fine. It's probably like something minor. It's, it's winter, isn't it? Okay, so this is one of the seven happenings, is what I was saying. Which are events that are not only psychology in the outer world that suddenly transform our lives. Um, and this is interesting given what you were just saying. The, the description of the card is a pair of lovers dash on horseback through the open fortress gateway across a bridge to freedom. Here is depicted the joyous escape from a constricting situation. It stands for those occasions where often by some outside agency we are somehow set free to make a new life. However, note that although the key is in the lock, there is no bolt, therefore the card also represents those situations we do have the ability to release from within ourselves. So they're released, they're running away from a prison, mm. but like there was no, there the door was no locked. Blocks. So it's your own, maybe it's like your cave, it's your inner prison. Mm. I think the only way I can relate to that is possibly like about excitement for starting a new life and starting to really realize that like, uh, yeah, although I'm young, like I actually am of age to do whatever I want. Mm. And like, to actually really like become free financially is kind of what I want to do now. It's like that's exciting to me. Like I want to be able to move out and like make like I want in my life. You know. Yeah. I guess I used to have a I used to have a real idea of my life before because I always did well at school, even though I fucking hated it. I always got good grades. So yes. Yeah. Pretty much like straight A's <laughs> up until like probably like year thirteen. Yeah. And then with the whole like ADHD thing, it, it's easy to, it's easy if, if, you, if you're like, I feel like I was naturally like good at the tests and stuff. Yeah. But that only gets you so far because mm -hmm. I would always fuck around. I was always getting kicked out. I was always bunking and stuff. And then after a certain point, it's like, I can't get kicked out. I can't bunk and still pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I started to realise as I tried to like stay in the lessons, I was like, actually I know why I'm always getting kicked out, I know why I'm bunking. And I had to completely change my expectations for life because I kind of had this like, idea of like being, like making good money and like having a nice house. And now, and now my expectations for life have like completely changed. Yeah. Um, and that was, a, that was, that was really hard for me because I, I had to realise that I actually couldn't do that through traditional means. Right. If I wanted to have like a live a wealthy life, which I actually really don't care about now, yeah. um, I'd have to do it through non-traditional means. I'd have to find my own like way. I think that was a that was a really hard thing for me to do like last year, because I was going through some job applications for some places and going pretty well and they're pretty like decent things and like I was right at the end I was like yo do I actually want to do this no I want to yeah. be a fucking musician yeah uh, like yeah I'm gonna be broke as shit for like <laughs> all my life and like yeah like I might look <laughs> you know those memes where it's like my threat my friends are 30 and they're like 
howls and kills. It's just like me up there, I'm singing, singing about goblins in my room. <laughs> just like, yeah, but like, yeah, I want to do that. And I think that was the biggest thing that I can see is like actually stepping into like a new expectation for what my life is going to be. Do you feel like the um, education system kind of helped propagate this idea that there was only one type of success and it was only achieved through... Being... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, people always say, like, even my own family, they don't say that anymore. Like, they really don't, but... And I totally get why they would, but, you know... Yeah, we know you like music, we know you want to do it, but, like, what, 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 what are you going to do? You know? Like, get a real job, or, like, mm. you know... I remember, like, bless him, I love him, like, but my, da my dad was saying, he kept, like, using his colleagues as allegories, not allegories, but um, comparisons for, like, what I could be. Yeah. So he was saying, like, yeah, like, some of my, um, some of my colleagues, they, they have bands, like, they play on the weekend and stuff. Yeah. So you can still do that. It's like, no, I don't want to fucking play on the weekend, dude. I want to, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, so... My school were really, actually, really accommodating with me. Um, it got to a point where I was like, yo, I'm not coming. Yeah. And they were just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in lessons, like, I, I would just stand up and leave and they wouldn't beef me about it. They'd just let it happen because they... Although the education system as a whole, I don't think shows you any other way. Mm. Yeah. My school in particular were really, really helpful. Yeah. Like, they to I, I explained to them that I'm, like, totally losing my mind in this classroom. Like, I have to leave otherwise you'll just kick me out anyway because i start doing dumb shit yeah and they were really cool about that and but they didn't give me any other alternatives to no. to what to do with life they just basically said yeah you can't do this <laughs> yeah I, I can almost sense that conflict in a lot of the teachers sometimes though because a lot of them so i often used to think to myself especially now like when you know how well frankly shit the uk education system is why would you then become a part of it, knowing that you're never going to be able to really change it, because it's an yeah. issue that's so systemic. It's like the police as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's exactly the same, it's like an institution, but like, you know, there's people that go in there, and you know, in a way, I'm kind of, I think, I respect them for going in and trying to make a difference, but you can sense that conflict in them sometimes, especially with a lot of my teachers, mm. until they didn't agree with the curriculum, but they knew that they had yeah, to stick to that. So on, I think teachers are awesome. Like anyone who wants to like teach kids and help kids is, is, is that's awesome, yeah. right? I mean, like I don't know if teachers liked me, but <laughs> I thought they were great. And um, but yeah, I, I kind of do get it. It's like, what what are you supposed to do when there's a child like me in your class? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I was a pain in the ass. Sometimes it's better just to let people go and then say, yeah, well, And I think that's what thing. they did eventually. They were yeah. just like, all right, so you see, you can be here. To be honest, I'd rather you not be here. Yeah. And like, but that, in doing that, they were actually helping me. Mm. That's really cool. They're, to let you go, liberate you is what you needed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was a big deal for me. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I was very straight-laced at school. I was like, in my background, like, from an early age, it was like, you're going to Cambridge or Oxford. Uh, and I was like, I, I, I kind of felt pressure. I got straight A's throughout my entire, I was like the top of the class always. And then like my worst subjects, I remember once I got like 99% in the test, the maths test. My dad was like, he yelled at me and I cried. Because <laughs> wow. I got 99 that's like the kind of yeah. like, shit I had to deal with. And it wasn't until I was in a PhD 
that I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I dropped out of the PhD at King's College to be like, I'm doing music. Wow, that took a long time. It took a boat. I was like 21. It was like, Wait, like, what? Yeah. How did you get to do a PhD I did, I at 21? Do, I didn't do a gap year or anything. I just went straight through the right, system. Okay. I did like masters straight after my um, I graduated and like, yeah. Just kept going. And like, honestly, I feel like a failure for not going to Oxbridge. Like, oh, and that's how my no, parents no, kind of, not my mum, but my dad. Like, I remember I was graduating. I only got a 2-1 because I was working. I've been working at least two jobs since I was 16, basically. So I was working during uni. And my dad, on my graduation, he was like, why do you only get 2-1? So like I just uh, I have really mixed feelings about the education system mm. and like how people treat it in this country, especially if you want to like go into the arts. Yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, first of all, like well done for actually getting that far, but also like that sucks that yeah. it took you so long to like because of the social pressure and like family pressure to like allow yourself to be who you are. That's the thing. Like I love academia. I actually loved that aspect of school but at school i was like can i learn latin and greek i want to learn ancient languages my teachers were like we don't do that here and like they didn't support the, the other spectrum of, of like autistic nerds like me so yeah. we just wanted to like read about ancient shit and like it's the same thing with me it's the same thing i love learning i love like i i literally when i'm not making music i actually spend all my day like researching i love maths like i love maths more than a lot of math like students do. Really? You know, yeah, I fucking love math. Like, I love physics. Like, yeah, geometry yeah. is dope. Like, I just love all this stuff, right? And I'd go into lesson and I'd be like talking to the teacher, like, oh yeah, I did this stuff. And then we sit down and then I'm like, ooh, ooh, throwing pencils. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a complete, like, different, like a complete contrast. And oh, one thing, oh yeah, I'm talking about Oxbridge. Yeah. So I used to get put in like these gifted Italian groups and then always get kicked out. <laughs> and, and I remember we we had a we had like a gifted um, an, um, an Oxbridge meeting for all the kids that they wanted to go and they were like really encouraging us. And I sat at the back like as always. And I used to do this really dumb thing where when the teacher wasn't looking, I would see how long I could pretend to ride a bike before they would like. <laughs> so it's so dumb. I don't know how I could do it. Not against the sport. Not girlfriend. Like, I mean, it's really dumb juvenile shit. Like, but it was. I was so bored. I used to do this. I used to lean against the wall and go. <laughs> and then they see. They always see me and just like. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Like, I actually did at the time. I still wanted to go to Oxford or Cambridge. <laughs> they were just like, dude, get the fuck out. And I remember standing outside like, yeah, maybe this isn't for me, because I, I, <laughs> I, I want to go here. And as soon as I get to a meeting where I'm like, they're giving me leaflets and information, I'm still fucking around. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So although I'm bummed that I'm not studying physics, I'm not studying maths or computer science, I love coding. Um, I'll just study on my own. That's the thing, once I mean, you realise you can just do it yourself, it's kind of a bit more liberating, isn't it? Well, I'll do it on my own terms. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually yeah. really want, I don't, I don't give a fuck about having a certificate. <laughs> I, I don't care about having a certificate about like maths or physics. Like, mm. I still keep up with the conversations that I have with people that like that stuff too. So that's all really matters to me. The thing that, that got me was like, I went through the system to try and get to a PhD because I was like, a PhD, you can choose what you do. And I did, to, when I was at uni, I was writing essays about black metal. Like, I legit just did research into like music, but also like art and theology. And I, could, I 
twisted this when you're at that stage you can twist stuff to do what you're interested in yeah. which is like so satisfying but i still met with people who are constantly trying to fit into boxes like yeah. why don't you write about colonialism and feminism and i'm like this this is all like legit stuff to write about but i want to write about this yeah i want to write about like othering in lord of the rings i did my dissertation on lord of the rings uh, undergrad and then like i just became obsessed with blake because he's the most fucking metal poet in the world yeah. and i got to like PhD level and my fucking tutor was like, can you write about feminism? Because that's all she knew about and like feminism, I'm a feminist, I support feminism, but I don't want to spend four years doing right. feminism and Blake. I'm going to do Blake and ancient cults, which is what I was writing about. That and, like, sounds way yeah. cooler. <laughs> There's no fucking like funding on that shit, man. Like, yeah. So I was, you know, I couldn't do it and I realised that like, I went to like a conference and there was this guy and my ex like fucking with academics and he just started making up fake books and was like oh and what do you think about Durura? and uh, the guy just started talking about this book that didn't exist oh. as if he was an expert in this oh. book and his whole start field of study was the author and he just started making it up because he didn't want to say he didn't know something or be like, what are you talking about? And then I was just like... Jokers, man. I was like, what well, fuck, man? Like, everyone's just making it up. Yeah. Like, no one really cares. They're just doing it to, like, fight for funding and, like, show each other, like, how big yeah. their peacock feathers are. And, yeah, it just killed. That's a real bummer. Yeah. I can imagine that is a fat bummer. Yeah, and, like, I didn't go... When I, for my undergrad, I didn't go to Oxbridge, so I went to stay in London for the gigs. And then for like masters and PhD, I was like, I want to go now, and I applied. And the only fucking reason they didn't let me in was they didn't have like um, supervisors that dealt in the shit I wanted to do. It was so depressing. <laughs> this is so boring. I'm so sorry. No, but this is no, but this is good because this is why. I mean, again, like realistically, like how much time have me and you had spent together? Yeah, like, not like, that much. Not that yeah. much. And I was saying this, Shem, but like here we are today, supporting each other in these things. Mm. You know, like we we we, we can. Uh, we don't we don't need the, the establishments to to do this stuff yeah um, I uh, yeah I'll, I'll talk about, I'll talk about you a little more about this off camera there's something okay. I want to talk to you about so, moment, yeah. but yeah like education is free with the internet now and yeah. like you can take this into your own hands and if anyone wants to knowledge from any of us here because like people are walking libraries man there's so much knowledge you can get just from talking to someone that is far more far more valuable than some like person in a conference room making up shit about a, a book that doesn't exist mm. and trying to pass it off <laughs> as like arcane knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever see the Jimmy Kimmel clips where he done it at festivals? He got a reporter out to make yes, up bands. Yes, at Coachella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, have you ever heard of like this? Oh, like Big Weasley. But yeah, yeah, I love Big Weasley. Like, what about Little Weasley? So yeah, no, it's just flow sick, it's flow sick. Like, what? It's just completely made up. But people are just so desperate to want to know this. I'd love to do it at a metal festival to see how many people would come. Kind of... It's weird because like, I don't think I would. Uh, I always, personally, I think I would just be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. But like, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm a human too. Like, maybe yeah. I would be one of those people that would yeah. say that. I don't think I would be, but. Yeah. Might might happen. Sometimes I'll just say I don't know a band so people don't gatekeep me. Oh. Uh, yeah. So like next time a woman says she'll know a band, maybe she can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a mystery now. I've hopefully blown some minds. Um, this is the next card. <laughs> skulls. Oh. Is that the skills or the skulls? Skills, I think. Skills. The skills. Wow. Should have put my mind I mean, yeah, nine. 
I've never seen this card as well. You're drawing some interesting cards. So number nine. This is one of the four direction. No, seven fundamentals. My bad. These cards describe the areas of our lives that are common to us all, the everyday things appertaining to our background and environment, which are so important. The skills, a taut stringed crossbow with arrows in a quiver, and two arrows which are stood upright in the grassy earth. The arrows symbolise the skills with which we are born and those we acquire through education. Oh, the card therefore denotes our talents, sporting <laughs> prowess, expertise, cleverness, and the equipment we use at work at play. That is so fitting. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, we naturally just went on to the next card. Did you even realise? Yeah. We, we were one step ahead of these spirits. Do you think it's inverted because of your experience at school? I mean, could be. Could you read the last bit again? Like the... Um, the card therefore denotes our talents, sporting prowess, expertise, cleverness, and the equipment we use at work and play. Yes, I mean, I think I don't actually think there's anything else I have to say about this because I would have I've already said yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you find that happens. That seems to happen quite a lot with these cards where we'll talk about a topic and then it will just come up right afterwards. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, maybe these spirits are not so bad. There's 12 is over there. Now. now, oh, that's another direction card. Now, that's literally. The stuff that's happening to you going to come to you, so that's pretty apt. The picture shows a reaper cutting the ripe corn beneath the sun. It is a favourable time for action. The moment is ripe. The time has come to take in the harvest of that which you have sown. Yeah, Alpha's going to do well. I fucking hope so. Yeah. It's taking me ages. But yeah, um, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to go. I'm going to. Yeah, I feel like my, my, the effort I put comes back. And I, I'm super lucky because I know a lot of people don't, especially artists, a lot of people don't feel that way. But I 100% feel like what I'm doing is going to come back and be worth it. How was it, kind of, because you kind of released it um, early March, right? Just as all the lockdown stuff was happening. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. We couldn't yeah. even like, play the shows. It's yeah. like... So I looked at it and I was like, wait, we released it this year? Yeah. What? It yeah. feels like we've not really, like, what? Yeah. It feels like ages ago because it's not, it's so not in my head. Yeah. Because not, we can't play the shows. Because um, there's been no shows. We're not really rehearsing the old stuff that much. We're just writing new stuff. It's kind of like, yeah, here's an album. Uh, okay. And then we just completely like left it. Yeah. Mentally, anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's weird, like when, when things start happening again, we're gonna have to pick it up again. But I don't I don't feel like it it was a bad it was a it was an unlucky time to release it. Yeah. But it's still gonna be there. And if we do a tour, people can still it doesn't have to come out when we Yeah. When we promote it, you know? Um I mean like half the albums I found that I absolutely love came out years ago. It really yeah. doesn't it really yeah. doesn't have to be a big it's like release, yeah. It's like what you were saying before, I suppose, about how the internet is a tool for good because sometimes you'll discover, like, like me and Shem love we're talking about, like, like ancient, like, death metal albums that we just yeah. never heard of and, like, stuff from, like, the 90s. It's like, well, how come I've never heard of this? And, um, but yeah, what sort of tracks are you looking forward to performing live off the album? Or... We've actually played all of them live already. Awesome. Um, in our last few shows, because uh, the album was supposed to come out way before we actually already did a release tour, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was short, yeah. and 
we just thought, sort of, fuck it, yeah, let's totally do another one. Like, I actually release it. Yeah. And uh, I actually love playing the entire thing. Newborn, Newborn Caveman does get me very emotional. Like, like, yeah, I really love playing that. I love it. I love it all, to be honest. Yeah. Absolutely love playing it all. Um, That's a track that has like the uh, it, it transitions into the quieter segment towards the end. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like that bit. I need to reread the lyrics for that. It's been a long time. I actually don't remember them off the top of my head. But I know it's about like... So the theme of the album as a whole is... Although I really like the whole like satanic metal thing, we were like, nah man, fuck the devil. We had a song called um, Satan Looks Up To Me that didn't go on the album. Yeah. And we just thought like, let's write an album about like going to hell and like killing Satan, going to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Going to heaven and like killing God and just like having like earth. Like rule and, cool. and then the caveman is the the newborn caveman is like the first human after the heavens and hells have uh, like uh, have, yeah. have disappeared and it's kind of like again it's a, it's a metaphor for rebirth of of uh, humanistic experience and human experience and passion and although obviously this whole time we've been speaking about the spirit world and all of that uh, I, I, I think it's very important to to know that it's a personal thing and it really 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 gets me when people talk as if it's a, applicable to other people yeah you know it's like i'm fine with christians and uh, muslims or whatever as long as they don't as long as as long as it's got nothing to do with me you know what i mean yeah. like and i think it, my thought my thoughts and feelings about that go a bit deeper yeah. Just I hate like people saying that like I'm gonna go to hell, yeah. and like it just it's the most insulting thing. Yeah. Like you deserve. I believe that you deserve eternal pain. It's like that's yeah. the biggest fuck you ever. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like it, it's it annoys it annoys me and my drummer enough that we were like, yeah, man, let's let's just not ever talk about traditional religion ever again and write an album about it, <laughs> like, about just destroying that. Because it's just so old. It's, it's it's awesome. I still love like metal about that. Yeah. But I just don't want to to con to contribute to the whole like traditional religion stuff anymore. Yeah. And I think it was it was important enough for us that we were like and inspiring enough that we had songs like soaring the heads of angels and demons and like. That's a sick title, by the way. It's just fun, yeah. <laughs> and like in the song, it's like Satan's quivering. He sees me, and he's like shaking, and I'm like, I've got his like children on chains, and, <laughs> and like on, on on the t-shirts, yeah. it's like um, an angel and a devil hung on their heads cut off uh, on pikes, hung on off a chain. Oh, sick. Mm. And the whole album is about human human supremacy. I don't really believe in supremacy, but it's just about like being a being a, being a person on this planet and not like like taking responsibility. How we got there again. <laughs> the skills. This oh, is yeah. the last card on this row, and then you've got your behind and your forward. The beauty. Ooh, the beauty. That's the skills of the beauty. 27. Alright. That's one of the seven characteristics. The different aspects both of our own personalities and those around us and the parts they play in the drama of our lives. The beauty, a beautiful woman in a fine Tudor-style gown is seen looking at her reflection in a mullioned 
Yeah, Molly and Window, as if she is waiting to make her entrance and checking her appearance. This character stands for the element of passion and romantic love. For men, it can mean a love affair of the sort that inspires great art. For women, it can mean it can point to a flowering of the awareness of her sexuality or the presence of a rival in love. The card can have implications of danger, and one aspect of the face of beauty can be a demanding whore. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Could you reread the bit that it says for men, what that's supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, of course. Um, for men, it can mean a love affair of the sort that inspires great art. I'm always inspired by, by romance. Yeah? Like, yeah, I'm hella inspired by romance. And I always, I, I make music about it all the time. Um, Place not clarity. Yeah, I I definitely feel that like I love. I know I know I've actually I actually think so far I've given you guys a pretty like negative outlook on my relationship life and on my love life but I, I i i love like i love i've had great times you know what yeah. i mean like it's 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 awesome it's not a i don't have a bad relationship or a bad like mental imagery about like girls or like sexuality or anything really it's it's like not now um uh, yeah it's awesome I, I love i love feeling things with people like it's sick um it's super inspiring so yeah i totally Totally feel that. Beauty's an interesting one. I think it is quite applicable to performers as well. Because she's like about to make an entrance and she's checking her appearance. Mm. I don't know if you feel that way before you go on stage. Do you like Well we paint our faces actually, so we in a way we're looking we we, we alter our appearance because we want people to see us a certain way. Um but uh, I, I never, I never want to paint and think that oh, girls are gonna love this. <laughs> you know, the chicks dig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of want to put that on a t-shirt just to piss people off. That's like so. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. I do wear that t-shirt. Chicks dig corsfade. Yeah, corsfade. That is. Such a like ironic. You know, it's like a long sleeve. It's got like different corpse paint configurations. Oh yeah, chicks dig it. Got like the other for classic gorgeous. Yeah. The worst one was I saw Dark Funeral once. It was a blast song. They were playing during the day and it was really hot. And like I think Lord Araman, I think his name is the singer, and he had he has like panda style, so it looks like more like a member of Kiss. Oh yeah. That person, and it was so hot, it was all like dripping down, and it just looked. Actually made it look more brutal because it was like we used really shitty paint in the first like we used like snazzery, which is the least. <laughs> oh, I hate snazzery. So like not brutal. Like painting your face with like kids smiling on you. Fuck yeah! And, and uh, that shit like just melts into your eyes. It's so painful. It's like oh. someone squeezing like lemons in your eyes. Like, oh. we, we played shows basically blind. Oh like, my god. I remember once my drama opened his eyes and he couldn't see anything. So much <laughs> shit in his eyes. And he kept he kept like hitting me with his drumsticks going, Yo, wait, wait! And like wiping his shit off. We basically had none on at the end. We were like, yo, we need to get like setting powder. Proper, proper paint. You need setting powder. No, we we used that and everything and it didn't really? work. No, we, oh, I mean we're sweaty motherfuckers. Um we ended up going to like a film like a, a, a shop that like 
has things for like visual effects and like yeah. a film thing and it's grease, it's not paint. So we actually use mm. black grease. So that doesn't come off when you sweat because the sweat just like runs off it. Because it's like, uh, what's the word? Hydro. It's an emulsion. emulsion. So, so it like runs off it because it's like, it's suspended in oil, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydrophobic. Hydrophobic, that's it. I was going to say hydrophonic and I was like, that sounds, no, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember, Corpse paint, you, yeah. running into your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that experience with mascara and eyeliner. I don't wear eyeliner when I perform, and I had one show, and it, every it was a hot show, and everything went in my eyeballs, all my makeup, all the mascara, and I was like streaming, tears were streaming down my face. I just tried to pass it off as like intense emotion, <laughs> but really it was just stinging really oh, badly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, it's you're trying to like concentrate on your performance, but you. You can't. Yeah, it's just like, like, it hurts. Like, Ow. <laughs> yeah. Remember trying to like, look at the crowd and shout at them and be like, because I'm really interactive with the crowd with yeah. like, our shows. Like, I love like getting up in people's faces. Like, like I'll be playing and like, so I'll just pick someone and I'll just like, yeah. I'll just stare at them yeah. and I'm like, ah, ah. And I just love doing dumb shit like that. I couldn't yeah. do it because I was just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel a change in who you are? No, totally not. You're just the same I just like I'm just way more one part of me. That's what suffering oh, definitely yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a huge insinuation of like my. Uh, what part of you is that? I I call it like my masculine energy. That's what yeah. it feels like for me. It's like because a lot of the songs now, this is what we're trying to talk about more now. Is like I really for some reason connect to like the hardship of primitive life, mm. and. Again, there's actually real interesting studies about ADHD being um, actually just from hunter-gatherers. So, so you know, um, obviously some, there had to be like a group of people to first do agriculture. And you know, they all had babies together and stuff. And yeah. then, but throughout time, obviously hunter-gatherers and agriculture people have always been... It's like you ADHD know, versus OCD. Because with OCD, you're way better suited to be a farmer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not suited to be... Uh, like at the moment, the hunter gatherers are, and then are not are not ruling the world. Is the agriculture people are like, yeah. You got to so, be on time. You got to work on the clock. Yeah, and that's like, not how I am. Like I see something and I have to chase it, or I have to do something, or mm -hmm. like you know, there's a rustle in the bushes. I'm not listening to what you're saying. I don't know what the hell you're saying. I'm looking at that bush, or mm -hmm. and there's there's really good evidence for that. And there's something about nature that just just gets me like really like I feel so much better there than I do like yeah. I know a lot of people feel like this, but there's a lot of evidence to show with the ADHD thing, and I just get like a real kick out of the idea of like, like hunting, and I've always thought it was awesome, you know, and like and like surviving and being in a place where I could die at any moment. I mean, we are in London, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go full Joe Rogan and be like, "Have you ever done martial arts?" Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I used yeah. to, yeah, I, martial arts are sick. I used to love getting the shit beaten out of me. Like, like I was saying earlier when we were outside, I'm not a violent person. I fucking love violence, but I'm not. A, 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 I don't want yeah. to cause pain, which is which is the thing. I love fighting. I absolutely love fighting. I, I'm cool to get the shit beaten out of me and like for me to beat my friends up and stuff. Yeah. I don't want to hurt people. With malice, but I love I love the action, mm -hmm. and um, my club I went to was a dodgy club. Like, what did you train? Uh, mixed martial arts, but we did a lot of krav maga. I did that too. I didn't do krav maga. And we did a lot of weapons stuff. 
Nice. And I, cool. I love the weapon stuff and we just beat the shit out of each other and like be bleeding and people be knocked out and it's like that's not allowed in uh, That's not very uh, traditional. It's not it wasn't yeah. traditional at all. He was he was teaching us how to fuck people up, that's not sick. nothing yeah. else. And he was like we even part of the lessons were like how to talk to the police, what mm. what you're allowed to do to someone and what you're not, wow. and what situation like it was a real like practical that's interesting. And I, I loved going and just getting my ass kicked by people like like 10 or 5 years older than me but like the, we had a thing where um, if you you decided how hard you'd go right before the fight you know no one could like the sensei would be like it's completely up to you I'm not here to tell you no stop 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 yeah. it's your choice you need to figure it out for yourself and every single time I was like yeah let's try and kill each other man <laughs> yeah. and I'd, I'd get murdered <laughs> like <laughs> among my age group I was doing pretty well but I'd always try and fight the older guys and just lose every time and I, I just fucking love it, you know. Some of my fondest memories of schools are like, are like smacking the shit out of people because they've been like mostly, most of the time racist. Yeah. And it's like, it, that sounds really weird because I, I, I always say I'm not a violent person and, I, and I'm not, I never look for violence, but if it's there, I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know. Kind of primal, isn't it? It's the, totally primal, yeah. and I realised that like I, I I definitely connect to like a very like apish kind of dude. Like I love loud noises, I love smashing things, I love being with my boys, being like, Ooh! and that's what suffer is about. Because yeah. I can't do that in my in my daily life. It's yeah. why I like getting up in people's faces and making loud noises and singing about like getting fucking killed by a tiger. You can see how excited I am just <laughs> talking about it. Like it's dope, and my day to day life is this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, 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 inside, I feel like a, like a, it's an animal. It's like a beast waiting to come out. Yeah. I mean, bestial blackmail. It's yeah. like that's the <laughs> genre that that we love and just feels. Feels right like for me. Every time I listen to uh, Revenge, you must know Revenge. Oh right? yeah, dude. Yeah. That shit just gets me pumped. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Man, that's that's what I love. I mean, like, when I, most of the time when I walk around, like in my ears, all that's in there is. It feels right for me that in my daily life that energy just like needs to be there. Mm. Otherwise, otherwise I start getting stupid and I start doing dumb shit. Like, yeah, I start like doing really risky stuff that could kill me. You know, mm. Mm. it's like a conduit for that energy that you need to express that isn't allowed. I've got full on hooligan energy, I really do. Yeah. I've got hooligan energy and I need yeah. I need like I need <laughs> music to, <laughs> I like, to just get it out of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a release though, man. That's I think that's the thing I miss most this year is just going to gigs, man, and just it's just feeling that primal like energy sort of surge through you. Even though like, I feel like I'm way too beat up to ever venture into the mosh pit these days, but even just being around it, I kinda like suck away the energy of other people being violent and that kind of like that's good enough for me at this stage that's exactly what i mean about like i love violence but i don't want to hurt people it's like a pit is a great example of that it's like we, everyone's just fucking you know getting out of them and it's a, it's not a it's not a hate thing it's not a no. malice it's it's just energy and a lot of i think everybody has that energy not just men i know i said it's a very masculine thing for me but that's how i identify with it like I feel like we never, like it's such a, I don't know, like, you know the, um, what's it called, like the hacker? 
Yeah, uh, I think is it the is it what they call the New Zealand with the dance? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, like that's yeah. the thing they do like when their friends die and stuff. It's like it's a real big part of their. I, I believe that there's probably someone in New Zealand being like, mate. But I think that's what they do. Um, it's part of their culture. It's part of their culture, and that's like a very like. You know, we don't have anything like that. We're all supposed to. We're cricket. <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing that that appeals to like dudes like me who who, who want to fuck shit up and like be like, yeah. you know, the only thing that I can get that from is is extreme metal, and or or the alternative is like gangs or being like a football hooligan, which is basically the same thing. Or yeah. you know, I, there's no other place to get action safely. Yeah. I can't get action say Oh, martial arts. That's what how I found it. Yeah. Because like I didn't. I've always been super aggressive. It's like it's not part of me that is like super up there right now because I've been so sick. But I, since I was a kid, I like I like martial arts and swords and trucks and action bands. Mm. I I love feminine things too. But uh, like that's why I loved metal. Is it's so aggressive. When mm. I was at school, I was like, "Can I do rugby?" And they're like, "No, you're a girl." What? Yeah. I was like, "Let's do rugby, man." I was to do like wrestling and shit, and they wouldn't let that's me do that. That's fucking awesome. And then when I was like, the moment I wasn't allowed by my family, obviously, because I'm like, I'm supposed to be like a prim and proper like you know Middle Eastern girl. But yeah, well, the moment I hit eighteen, I was like, I'm fucking training now. I trained like as much as I fucking could. It was the best. That's so cool. It's so, honestly, like, because I don't even feel like I can go to a pit without getting my arms and legs broken because I'm a small person. And, like, I don't want to put someone in a situation of, like, accidentally hurting me. I'm really <laughs> easy to hurt. Yeah. Like, I'm injured very easily. But, yeah, no, like, it is, I totally relate to that. And I don't think, I, I'm sure it's very common, but I'm, I also think that a lot of people don't feel like they can express it. Is that, I, I totally agree. I just yeah. don't think there's many ways that people know how to express it without lashing out or mm. being self-destructive. Yeah. And I, I do have to be careful with it, though, because my friends, you know the whole, like, caveman meme, like, caveman riffs and stuff, mm. but, yeah. but my friends, they, they really do, like, they always say that, like, when I, when I drink, like, I become, like, a caveman. And, and I never get... I'm, I, I never get violent with people, but there'll be a few nights where I just I'm like climbing shit and I'm at the top and I'm like, and then I do get down, get down, or I'm like, you know, breaking things or like, oh, won't this be funny? And then just like jumping on the table, just like really dumb shit. Do you know how the Benin bronzes were acquired by the British Museum? What's the what's that Benin? So there was a kingdom in Africa called Benin. And um, I think this was in like the 1790s when the British were there. They yeah. they found this kingdom. Like they'd never had any contact with them. Actually, maybe it's a bit later because this is during the time I think they had machine guns. This is the first time they had guns that were automatic. And they went into this um, kingdom. The first contact they'd ever had with these people who'd never in their whole culture or history had experienced any interaction with guns. And they killed every single person. They just shot down everyone in this, in like the capital city. And they walked into the palace and they saw all of these, like some of the most advanced art at the time, like globally, some incredibly advanced sculptures and bronzes, which like they didn't understand how they'd been made. And they were like, black people can't have made this, they must have stolen it, so we're gonna take it back. 
and the Benin bronzes are now in the British Museum. And you can go and um, they're in the Africa wing, sponsored by Sainsbury's. <laughs> and uh, if you go and you look at the bronzes, they do not tell you how they acquired those bronzes. They do not tell you that they literally I have a really fucking like, love-hate relationship with the museums. Because... I volunteer for the British Museum. Oh uh, no, I, I, you're one of them! My master's degree was half-taught by the British Museum. I've been in their archives and collections and I wrote an essay about colonialism that was marked by a British Museum curator who marked me down. <sighs> yeah, because in this essay I was like, there's, a, there's, a, there's an Aztec mirror in the Enlightenment Gallery and it, it was owned by John Dee and this mirror was taken from a tribe in South America that was obviously killed, this was a looted object. And they, they describe this mirror as the, like the mirror, the divination mirror of John Dee. They don't say shit about it, about how it was acquired. You know, by fucking Cortez killing countless oh, numbers of people that. and like that. the colonization and the destruction, systematic destruction of culture in that in that part of the world. And you know, this mirror has so much thousands of years more history than the small period of time during which John Dee was divining from it. And John Dee was the man who invented the term British Empire. He was the person who turned to Queen Elizabeth I and was like, you should cultivate the idea of the British Empire. And that is how it fucking started. Oh. That's like the worst, worst starts, the start to the worst story ever, like. Yeah. No, it's like, I'm not saying it's a bad story. No, no, I mean, like, like a narrative. fucking terrible time, like. Yeah. Just, uh, like, I'm so glad I can go and see all these crazy things and like, I can get interested in ancient history and then just go and see the thing the next day after researching it. But I'd much rather not being able to have that privilege and it be Where in its, it's rightful place. Yeah. I'd rather have to travel to like Egypt to see the stuff than, yeah. than have the convenience of it because it's, it's actually terrible. It's really sickening and really sad like how When you go to Egypt, if you were to, I've been, and if you go to the Sphinx, the reason there are holes in the Sphinx is because the British troops would use it as a shooting target. No. Yeah, it's covered in bullet holes for that reason. And like a lot, if you walk around, it's honestly, I had moments where I was crying because I could see what, like the holes that people had drilled into the ruins and where they've like looted things and taken things. And I have a complex relationship too, because I can't go to Iran. And some of the only places I can see Iranian things are in museums, mm. but I'm also just like, you fucking stole this. Like, I, this doesn't belong here. Yeah, it's not cool, is it? Yeah. But you know, you know who touched upon that, and then the Benin bronzes specifically? Black Panther, the movie. Really? I haven't seen it. At the beginning of the Black Panther, Killmonger, who's the villain, who's like the most sympathetic villain ever, goes into the British Museum and he's looking at the Benin bronzes. No! And they basically kind of modified it that the items are from Wakanda, which is the fictional oh, country in Africa. Hmm. But like, they really like blew the whistle on that shit That's in that movie. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's cool, but it'd be cool if they could just blow the whistle in Hollywood properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm not after so the yeah. 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 It's from a mythical world, it wasn't really the Africans. It was like, I'm like, Africans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. The ones that the white man invented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are the cool Africans. Guys. It's our narrative. Yeah, what kind of family? <laughs> Watch it and then have a problem with it. I'd rather just let it sit. I watched it. And it was okay. I didn't think it was okay. a good. I didn't okay. think it was a good movie. I thought the main actor, although although he was a really nice guy, I didn't think he was that good. Oh no! Um, the coolest thing that I, I I thought about it was 
the villain. Um, he was played like by uh, Michael B. Michael, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His, uh, you know, on his arms, he had all of those like dots. When I saw that, I was like, <laughs> yo, that's fucking sick. Yeah. And every dot represented like someone he'd killed. Really? No, sick. I think people don't know that about the the uh, the, the face paint in in Sufra. We don't really call it corpse paint. Is that we actually took it from inspiration from African tribes and oh, Native American That's tribes. So, cool. so it's not corpse paint. It's yeah. not. It's not what it's there for. It's it's there because like we're, we're like we want to feel like warriors of a of an old like war paint. I suppose it's, it's like, war yeah. paint. It's not. Yeah. It's not corpse Sick. paint. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Kaio, he's from Brazil and uh, he has like native um, history in the Americas. So he 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 took a paint from a native. Um, America painting of a Native American, and I took mine from a picture I saw on Instagram of um, a bunch of guys like today, in, in Africa with with um, orange and white, and oh, I was I like, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna do black and white. Oh, like, I just felt yes. better. So yeah, that's cool. And we were thinking of like going further and doing the whole body art and everything, like, but wow. it's just it's just too long to do with the dev. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like we just can't like do that. Yeah. And we want like bones and like crazy shit and like loads of fire, but we just haven't been at venues that allow that shit yet. We ever a wrestling fan at all? A wrestling fan? No, yeah. no. There's this wrestler called uh, Papa Shango, and he had this proper. I'll show you a picture of him afterwards. He had like this proper like African witch doctor get up, but it was the most metal looking like <laughs> makeup he had or face paint. That's it was sick. just completely sick. Yeah, I love I love stuff inspired by like African art. I think African art is dope. Yeah, like I love African art. It's, I was gonna say it's underrated, but it's not to be honest because that's why people go to the museums and stuff because <laughs> it's so sick. But no one ever really like. It's weird actually how we have museums full of amazing things from around the world, but they still fail to recognize their genius and their brilliance. Yeah. And, like it's like, huh? Why the fuck are you showing this shit off then? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Honestly, in, in acad I think it's rooted in like the extreme racism of academia. Yeah. Like there is a refusal to admit that many of the pharaohs of Egypt were black. Like go and look at the art of ancient Egypt. They're not white. I know. I see a lot. I see white. a lot of things saying no, they were ginger and like, or like the um, the Cleopatra was Cleopatra actually. Cleopatra was a Ptolemy, I think. So I think she was pale. I'm not sure. Well, she wasn't white. She would have not been how she is in movies where she's like skin like. And also, white. I'm totally fine to accept that. If this was the case, that there were like white bearers, I, I'd be totally fine to accept that. Is it the same? I'm pretty sure they'd be Mediterranean at best. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, like, if that's actually what was there, I'm not gonna like bend my narrative. Like, no, they were all black. Yeah, the, that's from the Mummy films, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I watched, oh, that, I watched that. I love the Mummy films. I can't lie, man, I, I love them. I, I fucking love them. I think them. I was too young, I didn't really like. I had a huge crush on like half the cast. So many people say that. Yeah. yeah. It's a hot film. <laughs> but like, what well, the dude that's in the um, the Magi is in Star Trek now. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's so weird. I know, I'm not a Star Trek fan. I was like, oh, they're Star fan. Wars, but. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He actually was a, a guard. He was a, a guard in, in Egypt, guarding oh. like the tombs in real life. Oh, so no he's way. like really fucking cool. Damn. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Should we actually turn over a card? Yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah, let's do that. Um, the next card is 14. This is your outer projection or goal. Or goal. Or goal. Whoa, the liar. 
I will say before you freak out, this is often a performer card. This is a performance card. It's like an actor is a form of liar. You are a jester. You are changing your face. 29. Okay. This is one of the seven characteristics. The liar. The jester comes forward onto the stage, balancing on one foot, and his expression can appear sly. A dropped purse lies at his feet, whilst he holds aloft his replica and a mask. This card stands for a deception and the possibility that you are being deceived or deceiving yourself. It symbolises falsity, disguise, cheating, malice, and those occasions when one has to wear a mask for the world, for whatever reason. Now I'm using this as an opportunity to like call out myself for my bullshit. I'm trying to find if there's any bullshit. Like, I don't. I know you said it could be about performing, but just read from the description. It doesn't. That just not what performing is about. It doesn't relate to performing. The only way I could possibly say that, although, although I've said I'm very open and I'd like I talk about things a lot, like to people, is that, and I don't think this is a bad thing, but I often, like, there's a lot about me that I won't go into because it's just too heavy for some people. Mm -hmm. Like, like all this shit that we today and just yeah. like most of the time I'm just I'm just that goofy guy you know what I mean and like that's fine I don't, that's why I don't feel like it's a bad thing I don't think it's deceiving mm. but I do feel like um, yeah a lot of people I don't I don't go into like my my thoughts with a lot of people because I just don't think they'd give a fuck and I think that's fine mm. to be honest yeah. so in a way it's kind of like putting up a facade or a face just to not necessarily. Well, I guess I don't feel like I put up a face or a facade. I just feel like I don't show them anything else. Yeah. You know, right. like I don't. Um, I don't feel like I'm putting on a a, 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 a thought about and like conjured. Yeah. Image. But you're covering up a part of yourself that you don't want them to have to deal with. Again, I guess I don't. I guess I don't offer it unless they make make it clear. Mm. But then as soon as they as soon as they ask, like I'll be like, yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. So I think I have a very thin barrier of but I sound really western there. <laughs> barrier. <laughs> Cider. <laughs> Aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I think I have quite a thin thin barrier of like be opening up and just being like not like why would I talk to you about Satanism? <laughs> you know? Do you ever find yourself like resorting to humour as a way of like deflecting from something or protecting from something? Like at school it sounds like you're a joker figure. Yeah. You might have been the jester in that. In that, that, that that's a really discussion brought that up actually, because I don't think people understood that when I was being a, a, a crazy, like when I was joking around, it was because I was I was suffering. Yeah. You know, the reason I have to do that is because my mind is going, do something, man. It's like having someone right in your face, yeah. screaming at you. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. It's just like, it's like an itch. Ah, like pulses are just, you know when you have a crazy itch? Yeah. And like, 
if someone's trying to talk to you, there's no way you're going to listen to them. Because yeah. you're like, I have to itch. Yeah. And my itch was to like entertain myself. Yeah. So to some people, I guess it looked like I don't give a fuck or that like, that I don't give a shit that I'm making the teacher's job hard or that like, well, any of that stuff. Um, but really, I was like having a horrible time. The things I did were fun and they were funny. But yeah. as soon as it was, as soon as that ended, I went straight back to, yo, you got to do something dumb again. And then it's just like, yeah. So it's good you brought that up actually, because I didn't, rec- I wouldn't have recognised that. Do you think that kind of prepares you for being a performer? I think I was a before, performer before I was a jackass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you think that was like, just something that was you were born with? Yeah. Or did something bring that out of you that made you realise that was the case? I think I was just born with it. Like, I used to always do little shows at home. And, and like, I always loved dancing. And, and I went to acting, I did like an acting school for a while. That's and cool. I loved being on stage and shit, and this was, it was, it was parallel with me. I, I was, I was like performing at home and singing at home and stuff before I even got into school. So mm-hmm. I think, I think I'm a performer before I'm a, a clown. Yeah. Cool. It can also represent someone in your life being a liar, but it's not necessarily you. I don't think I have, a, I have any lies. That's good. Life. Well, if I do, then maybe they're doing a good job. Very good lies. <laughs> Very good job. But that is your outer goal or projection. So, like, it simply could be you on stage as your projection of yourself, a part of yourself. You were talking about having corpse pain and, well, not corpse pain, war pain. Yeah. There, there we go, <laughs> there sorry. Go. Yeah, so it could, it could be something very like that. The last card is your underlying factor or influences. I want it to be like death again. <laughs> the fool! Oh my god! Am I just like such a clown on the inside and the outside? <laughs> wow. Damn. The fool and the liar is really funny. Like, I think every single reading I've ever done and Shad's ever done, we both get those cards. And then we always end up relating them to being musicians. Because the fool is like in charge of his own life, he's playing his own tune through life. Right. Um, and he, do, like, he, he just cares about the present. That's, I'll read it to you now. <gasps> What number is that? Uh, 32. 32. That's one of the seven characters. Okay. The Fool, piping merrily along the cliff top. (laughs) I said cliff top. (laughs) (laughs) Away from his house, perched perilously on the edge. The Fool dances along, skipping over the roots of the tree. This character can stand for folly and stupidity of the sort that brings so many ventures to ruin in oneself and in other people. It can also symbolise the holy fool, a person who can tell us truths of the sort which a wise man cannot. There can also be the sense of someone playing their own tune through life. I guess definitely the playing their own tune through life. That's probably the only thing I could relate to there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how I was saying earlier about like power dynamics and relationships. I remember specifically they said like I don't, I can't imagine anybody telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really don't want that to sound arrogant because that's that's not how I want to be. Maybe I am arrogant, right? But I don't want to be like that. What I, what I mean by that is like, my it's my life. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like how can I? How yeah? I I've got to do what I want. Even if it's like annoying me, like it did for so many years that I, I, I hated school and I, I wanted to go to Oxford and I love science and 
but I, I couldn't do it. And I had to just do this other thing, even though I was resisting it, I couldn't help being pulled along by my, by my, my, um, my inner instinct, my yeah. drive. Um, so even if I'm in resistance to it, I can't even tell me what the fuck to do, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess like, I really, I really, I'm really glad I got that there. Sick. Yeah. I'm glad. I think, I don't think any of these are negative. Yeah? I think, I think they're all like, I think, yeah. What about no? No, I think that was just like, don't, don't stray from the path. Because you'll think about smoking weed. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know what's interesting? The only cards that are facing this way are kind of like death and skills. Mm. And like if you take it in a real like almost literal sense, the fact that you create, you know, sort of like death metal, black metal, and use your skills oh, to apply it to that. Awesome. Yeah. That's fucking dope, man. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen that. I wouldn't have looked at the big like, that's really cool. Is that like an opposition, would you say, to how you walk through life on a daily basis? Is that your like extreme like symmetry that you've got when you walk on stage and there's like other part of you that you can like blast I don't think it's an extreme symmetry because mm. I am there every day You're living it. Yeah. I'm there every day like I wake up and I put on revenge you know yeah. it's like I don't know like I'm there every day but um, in my actions, artistically I'm there every day, but in my actions, no. That's why. Yeah. yeah, so I guess there is a contrast. Of course, that's why I do it. If there wasn't, it'd just be every day. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. But artistically, it's not. It's where my mind's at, like, I'm there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where the lie comes in. That's where your mind always is, but you've got to put on the face of that. Being on your computer and not punching people in the face. Yeah, being a 21st century human and not climbing trees with Shem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really fucking cool. I think, uh, is there anything you want to say? Is there a question you'd like to be asked? That's a cool question in itself. Is there a question you'd that. like to be asked? Yeah, ask me how I am. How are you? I'm alright. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm alright. Oh, good. Yeah. I've had, a really, I've had a really fucking good day. This has been really nice. And thank you so much for inviting me on. It was really nice to be with you guys. And one one thing that... Well, obviously, I know, like, it's a podcast. We're supposed to be talking. But I want to say, I, if I've spoken too much, that's quite a thing I would normally do. You've been wonderful. So, <laughs> okay, good. Ah, no such thing as speaking too much, in my opinion. <laughs> Thanks, man. You've made me laugh so many times today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been wicked. Thank you so much for coming. That's such a fucking good time. I learned so much from you. It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you. I learned so much from you as well. And a great job with the band and stuff, man. Like, I really, like, honestly, personally dig what you're doing. Like, I think it's, I think you've created, like, a great album with Black Metal Warhead. And I'm excited to see what you do in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That means a lot. It really does mean a lot. Awesome. Thanks. Sick.